0: we're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema each week's film
1: is connected to the last by a single cast member and so it continues forever or until we can't be asked anymore this week's film is bone tomahawk how's it going george
0: i'm good thanks dan how you doing mate you good
1: pretty good all considered mate pretty good Uh, been busy despite everything that's going on how about you
0: yeah um the same really um i mean i know every night like sort all of blurs into one but i'm trying to keep myself busy like you know watching lots on the tv and like watching movies and things um playing lots of playstation and then going out for like one walk at the weekend or a little bit of exercise so yeah it, it's like if you'd said to me a year ago it'd all sound quite boring but now that's the extent of what we can do in there
1: <laughs> i've got to say mate this week's been a bit of a, a, a weird week um when it comes to movie news um once well, now we're chatting about that i don't know if you saw but uh james bond uh no time to die has been delayed again
0: i did i saw it got delayed till october wasn't
1: it yeah and uh, to be honest the first time i've been happy it's been delayed because i've fallen quite behind in the uh re-watching of the all, <laughs> all the other james bond films i'm uh, <laughs> haven't done that since before christmas so i was like oh no I d- i've got some catching up to do um so that's given me a bit of breathing space i can probably w- watch one a month by the time it comes out to be honest
0: i know if it, if it ever comes out this film um it did make me think when they said they're delaying it again to october that maybe some of the tech will be like a bit dated by the time it comes out yeah
1: <laughs> yeah like uh daniel craig's gonna be going around with like looking properly old gray hair and stuff and <laughs> said oh i remember filming this when i was <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that'd be hilarious and people think that the, uh they will say oh wow you did a great job on the cdr daniel craig but what are you on about <laughs> oh he's looking really old now like, do yeah, you know that... what i mean because i mean old now i mean it was filmed when it must have been filmed like two years ago
1: yeah 18 i reckon
0: yeah mental yeah,
1: m- yeah it's it's crazy so like by the time it comes out what's that like 18 months since it was supposed to be released um oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving it like before. I was upset every other time. I was like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" But you know, I'm kind of expecting nothing to come out this year, and if anything does, great.
0: Yeah, I'm um, exactly the same as you, mate. We'll just um, you know expect nothing, and whatever you get, you know, it'll be a surprise. Yeah. Um. What me and Shah have been doing in the last like, couple of weeks is that um, a couple of nights a week. We we watch a film at like eight o'clock and we literally turn the lights out and we try to make it like a little bit cinema, cinemery. Yeah. Um, We like don't go on our phones and we put on like something a completely different genre every time we do it just to like just to have that feeling of like watching something different and interesting and in the dark, you know. And so that's how we're getting through it.
2: (laughs) If
1: you want, mate. If you want to make it all more like a cinema what i can do is i can come around and kind of like make a murmuring noise through your window so it sounds like the you know disrespectful people that talk during the during the movie
0: <laughs> or you could just sit there and just chomp it on yeah. <laughs> spot on yes mate, that'll just add to it absolutely. <laughs>
1: cool All Right, let me know is it if it's every night at eight mate i'll come around and i'll do that out your window
0: that's it mate that's it so you've got 20 minutes get yourself round now <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it's going to be a while till we go to the cinema, but that doesn't affect us ploughing on with, with our plans. So um, have you uh, seen anything good this week, mate?
0: Yeah, um, I have watched a couple of good things this week, actually. So um, the first thing I was going to mention is, um, uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about our uh, New Year's resolutions for movies? Yes um well i cracked on with one of those and that was uh, i said i was going to watch the mission impossible movies from start to finish number one to number i don't know seven or six whatever we're at and i've watched the first two and um i'd already seen number one but years ago and um, i watched it uh recently th- this last week and i actually quite enjoyed it it was um it is quite good very silly but quite good good and then I watched number two. Oh dear! Um, which, um, I didn't absolutely hate it. It is so fucking stupid, like the whole face mask aspect. But I did enjoy it. In uh, as, as I was watching it, I was thinking, "This is shit," but it's quite funny. It's very
1: of its time, isn't it? With like the Limp Biscuit soundtrack and the John Woo, s- <laughs> s- you know, slow mo doves flying around and uh, the bike kung fu.
0: Oh mate, big time! And also the way in the last sort of section, he's wearing Tom Cruise is wearing the leather jacket and like the sunglasses, like Neo from the Matrix. Yeah. It's so like late nineties, early two thousands. It's unreal. And um, yeah, it, like I say, not not absolutely unenjoyable, but it is quite a bad film.
1: <laughs> the most depressing thing about that film is the fact that Do Scott. Actually pulled out of being Wolverine in order to be in that film because he thought, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna make me that's gonna send me flying big time. So starring with Tom Cruise and then Hugh Jackman, a relative un- unknown at the time, took it instead and ended up being a worldwide superstar.
0: Oh, what a like twist of fate! <laughs> yeah. poor guy. Crazy. Yeah, I guess so. Like the, you know. There's always decisions like that that people make, you know, and you never know which way it's going to go. And obviously, you know, for him, it it didn't work out too well. And, um, you know, for Hugh Jackman, it was a a big game.
2: Well, (laughs)
1: back then, like, comic book movies, like, were laughed laughed at, really. Like, if you consider... What was this 2002 something like that and um the the most recent obviously the first spider-man had come out and been a bit of a freak when it come, comes to it um wolverine came out in two, uh sorry the x-men came out in 2000 i think i don't know what year was uh mission impossible 2 Is it 2000
0: um I th- yeah i think it was around 2000 yeah. uh, the first one was about 96 um and then i think, I think about 2000 yeah because i think there's a four-year gap so i looked it up yeah and um yeah like i said it's very very 2000s but yeah. um yeah, I'm looking forward to the
1: third one now. Good. Yeah, I think uh, from there they're pretty consistent. I think personally, um, is, I think, is Mi3 the one? I've got a feeling I really like Mi3. It's the one is by it Jay... Ghost Protocol. Uh, is that... No, it's um just Mi3. Um, Ghost Protocol is a bit further on. I think it's the one by J.J. Abrams, isn't it? Yes, it is. And Philip Seymour Hoffman as the uh, bad guy. Brilliant. Yeah, I like that one
0: nice i bet he's good in it i love that philip siebel Hoffman yeah in, yeah so. i think
1: this is one of my favorite roles of his i know he's been in a bit, bit more uh, uh serious uh respectable roles but i really like him in this so um, i won't say too much more but um yeah yeah, yeah look for yeah i I'd be looking forward to watching that one if i were you
0: Nice one. Well, that's definitely on the list. And the other thing that I watched this week is um, I'm halfway through a series. It actually came out on Friday night on Channel 4. And it's a a series called It's a Sin. Have you heard of it?
1: Yes. Yes, I have. It's um, by the Doctor Who bloke, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's it. I'm one of the sort of creators who rebooted uh, Doctor Who and basically it's a series about these sort of four or five gay men um, in London in the 80s and um, it's all about them like uh, basically sort of like being gay, coming out, hiding it from their parents, having massive parties, having lots of sex, having like the best time but in the background is like the AIDS um, pandemic coming and a lot of them are completely oblivious to it or won't believe it or don't think it's ever going to affect them and like slowly slowly all these really like happy fun you know engaging people like are are sort of dropping down dead and it's getting like more and more serious as it goes on but the cast is like so likable and um, I'm only like two episodes in but I really really like it it's um it's really cool and what's interesting is that there's a lot of similarities between what was happening then in the 80s to like you know gay men and aids and things to what's happening now with coronavirus um in the fact that back then when aids first happened people like doctors nurses didn't know how to handle it or didn't know what they should be doing and it's a bit like with the start of this pandemic there was a lot of like there was a lot of rumor and 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 mystery and people weren't handling it great you know and um, it's just interesting seeing like how little they knew about AIDS when it first came around, mm. and you know what sort of things how scared people were, rightly so. But they in this show they're doing things like there's there's a man with AIDS and they they burn his bed because they're worried that if anyone goes near the bed. It's, they'll get AIDS and they're they're all wearing like washing up gloves and stuff around people with AIDS and stuff and it's just it's horrible to see but it's just interesting to see like you know how mishandled it was at first.
1: Mm, They had no idea how it was transmitted how people were catching it they thought they called it like the gay disease and stuff didn't they?
0: That's it, they did indeed. And uh, it's just really interesting to see um, these different gay men, the different views they have of it. So some of them believe it straight away and they're really conscious about it. And they're trying to hand out leaflets at the gay bar to say, everyone should look at this. You know, you should really take take care of things. Whereas some of the gay people were like, oh, we don't believe it. That's all bollocks, you know, like you don't let people get into your head and tell you shouldn't have sex and stuff. And so mm. it's just interesting to see how it was when it first happened, you know, in the eighties. And um, yeah, like I said, the cast is well likable. And um, you just really want to watch them, and uh, yeah, it's it's well worth a watch. It's
1: got the guy from uh, Years and Years, isn't it? Hasn't it?
0: Oh, so the main character is from. He's a, a singer. Band,
1: yeah? yeah, he's a singer.
0: Oh, sorry, I thought Years and Years might be like a TV show. Uh, it, I think
1: it is as well. Just to <laughs> just to add to the mix, but Ollie Alexander, that's it.
0: Ollie Alexander, is it?
1: Yeah. So he, you'll recognise loads of his songs. They've been massive.
0: You say that, I'm quite out of touch with music.
1: <laughs> oh, we'll see. Let me let me play you one.
0: As that proved, I'm like, no, I've never seen years and years.
1: like <laughs> You must have heard this. <laughs> You're not hearing that.
0: I'm not
1: I must
2: be tough. I must behave. I must keep fighting.
0: Did you hear that? Yeah, it didn't ring a bell. What? I know. That's what I mean. I'm well out of touch with music. I literally just stick to the thirty bands I like, and that's it.
1: Oh, (laughs) sure enough. Well, that's him anyway. He's a he's a famous he's a famous singer
0: all right well like i say he's obviously multi-talented because he he's really good in this um in this it's a sid so it's well worth a watch five episodes so it's not the longest thing um but it's a, you know a good peek into into sort of 80s london you know the gay scene and things russell
1: t davies um, russell t davies is the the um creator i couldn't remember when i said doctor who guy that's what i meant i couldn't <laughs> think of his name yeah russell t davies russell. wrote it, didn't he? yeah
0: Boom. It's, it's it's really good like i said it's well worth a watch and there's one other thing i watched this week which i finished yesterday and honestly mate i couldn't stop watching it it was fucking so good and it was um on netflix it was the last dance the nba chicago Bulls. oh yeah it's good
1: isn't it it's very good
0: oh it's so good like i Like, I I really like my sport, but basketball is not something I know much about. Michael Jordan is not someone I know much about. The Chicago Bulls are not something I know much about. So to watch this, like, it was just such an education about the whole sport, the big characters, how good Michael Jordan was, how they won all these titles, and the way it was done, is just so good. And it's all leading up to that last title, can they win it? And I won't ruin it now, but it's just you know by the end it's like really really you know exciting and tense and will they do it and it it made me like it was so good watching it but also it made me so sad seeing all these people jumping around in the stadium loving live sport thinking oh right now like we, we haven't got any of that
1: yeah i didn't think of that when i watched it we were free to walk around
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um so it was really really cool but it just like ignited my like love of sport again i thought because since this whole coronavirus thing like i've slowly 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 not been as interested in watching live sport because it's just not the same whether it's football rugby tennis whatever it's just it's dead and it's flat and it's just not the same you know it's not how i like sport i didn't realize how much the fans brought to it but it is a lot it's like
1: watching Um, a training match sometimes isn't it
0: yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're doing everything they can to make it better. They're trying to pump sound for from the crowd in and stuff. And it's helping to a, a degree. But there's nothing better than a packed stadium full, you know, full of fans and seeing a try or a goal or a, or a basket or whatever. And, yeah, so watching it, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, we need live sport back in, in, you know, we need packed stadiums and we need atmosphere and we need shouting and screaming and booing and all this. So really good watch. Absolutely loved it, mate. Nice. And that's me, mate. So, have you been watching this week? Have you watched anything good recently?
1: Yeah, so for me, uh, there's a few things. Firstly, uh, just briefly, I've finally uh, got into the US series of The Office. Have, have you seen those before?
0: Yeah, and I really didn't like what I saw, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> have,
1: have you only seen a few, or what?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I've probably seen clips to make up about an episode worth, yeah. so not a lot.
1: See, this is the same as me. For years and years, i am mean, like, no, it's not the same. It's not as good. Uh, it's just not as funny whatever and then everyone just keeps telling me oh you should really stick with it it gets better it gets better and it really does it does get better it's still for me it's not as good as the original uh, it's not as good as the the uk office with ricky gervais um but um i'm really into it now i'm just, you know the characters have bedded in for me um i'm finding it funny so i just thought i'd mention that um not worth speaking in depth about uh secondly uh Division, which came out on disney plus a couple of fridays ago have you seen any
0: no, I was going to ask if you'd um if you'd watched any what you think is it are you liking it because I've been reading quite a lot about it and uh, it seems like it's going down well.
1: Yeah, it's pretty trippy mate. It's it's very weird. I've never seen anything like it. It's uh, in case you don't know, you probably do, but uh, anybody out there, but basically it's uh Marvel characters uh Wanda who's the uh, Scarlet Witch um, and Vision who's her kind of cyborg <laughs> boyfriend who spoilers died in infinity war um but suddenly he's alive again and they're living life through kind of american style sitcoms going from like the 50s 60s 70s 80s so the first episode was like a kind of bewitched type of i dream a genie type sitcom black and white and then it turns into color near the end and then it's like a brady bunch one and it's going through the decades basically a different type of sitcoms um only on episode three. Uh, that's the most recent episode that came out last Friday. Um, but still not sure what's going on. So it's either a construct of her mind that she's created because she's traumatized and she's brought vision back into the world. But it's all a bit strange and it's a bit of a mystery. It's kind of uh, it's it's kind of Twin Peaksy, but then it's got that comedy aspect. It, so, a lot of it. Plays just like a US sitcom. It's it's just the humor with no twist at all. The first two episodes have hardly any like kind of action, no action set pieces at all, um, and it's just a comedy. It's like watching Friends or you know, although or even you know, the really old ones like The Bewitched and stuff like that. Um, it's really weird, um, but I'm enjoying it. This third episode, suddenly things are starting to unravel. Um, and strange things start to happen so i would recommend it they're only half an hour long each episode um so it's it's one of those and it's coming out every friday so um i'd give that a pop if i were you
0: awesome i mean one thing i would say is that to be the one word i would say is brave like fair play to marvel they're they're taking something and they're they're you know applying it to a different genre and they're, they're really like thinking outside the box and anyone who's doing that fair play
1: i've never seen anything like it it's it if the thing i'm most impressed by is like you say it's brave and it's original um and i'm just fascinated to see where it goes like so far it's been like oh that's good i like what they're doing but nothing's grabbing me until the end of the third episode um i think they should have released three episodes up front because after the second one i was like yeah it's good i'll continue watching it but i'm not like know chomping at the bit to watch the next episode but after that third one i'm like what's going on i don't know what's going on and and i want to keep going so um yeah interesting to see how that goes
0: yeah absolutely do you know how many episodes it's going to be does that have interest i think it's
1: eight but don't quote me on that mm-hmm.
0: Ah, interesting well i'll be interested to see sort of you know how, uh, what you say about it you know going forward in fact i might pick that up you know what i mean? I might, I might get it on board while it's still in its infancy and yeah. um and watch that because it, it does sound interesting and it'd be good to sort of you know be into something that everyone's talking about
1: <laughs> yeah mate jump on jump on it um and secondly um sorry and thirdly uh and lastly uh it's something that very much ties into uh what we well the film of this week uh it's so it ties in very closely to bone tomahawk um, and i didn't mean for this to happen but before i'd even seen bone tomahawk because i didn't particularly know what to expect about it i watched a film called green inferno have you seen it
0: i haven't no i haven't heard of it either green inferno what's it about
1: yeah so uh i've heard about about it um a few times i've never actually visited it. it's, it's done by eli roth so you gotta think hostile and and things like that um now, I just saw it on Shudder, which we've spoken about before on the pod, um, which is a, a horror-specific uh, streaming service. Um, and I've, I just said to Cass, I really fancy watching uh, a horror film. So skip through Shudder, found it, and I had a, had a decent star rating on it. I thought, let's give that a go, not knowing much about it. Um, and I'm not telling you, there were, I'm not lying when I say, when we're watching it, that there's points where Cass actually nearly puked she was she was retching because of how sick some of the scenes were um oh my god she's no horror aficionado but um what i would say is in the first half an hour of this film i was like oh this is shit like acting's bad the scripting's pretty bad but as soon as the stuff that happens in it happens um and spoilers in case you've never seen it before and want to see it um i'm just going to mention a word what it hovers around is cannibalism um and but some <laughs> some of the graphic scenes in it uh, of cannibalism are pretty brutal and eli Roth's known for that kind of you know kind of torture porn gore fest shite <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to, but it's well done. And I've got to say, I ended up really enjoying it. After the first half an hour, I thought it was going to be shit. And, you know, the acting's not great. And the, like I said, the scripting is not great. But the way those horror scenes um, were shot is amazing. So effectively, it's like what we're watching today, uh, as in Bone Tomahawk. Um, but it's it's not in the Wild West. It's modern times. And it's uh, it's in Peru. And it's kind of like a isolated tribe that don't see, you know, the kind of developed world often and when they do come across them they basically eat them so it's it's worth a watch mate give it a go
0: so so that's what the green inferno is it's the the jungle i guess yeah
1: yeah getting the the rainforest and they basically get stranded for reasons that i won't spoil and one by one these kind of american students start getting picked off and um you know jailed and yeah like i said i won't i won't say too much but uh if you can get through that first half hour you'll get in for a like a puke worthy streak of <laughs> a good another hour and a half
0: it sounds like um very much like a film i've never seen but i've always sort of wanted to is a film called cannibal holocaust from the yes. 70s which was it was always known when it has been like the worst movie as yeah. in worst as in the most sick
1: it was banned um, and all that uh, lot but I, th- I think that's quite yeah. tame today
0: Oh, yeah, I, 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 that's why I'm quite keen to sort of see. You know, is it that bad, or is it today? It's not too bad. But one little nugget of information, which I love about that kind of holocaust, is that there's one shot where there's a woman who's got a steak, like basically up her ass and then through her mouth, so it's like sort of impaling her. Yeah. And the, the the you know I've read a thing before that it said that the, the the special effects were that good back in the day that when the film was watched for the first few times, people thought it was real, and the director actually got taken to court for murder, <laughs> and he had to explain. Yeah, it's mental. He had to explain how he did these special effects for the judge to go, okay, fair enough. He he did just, um, you know, do a movie. He, it's not real. Um, but yeah, I do need to see that film. But I need to see Green Inferno also, because it does sound sick. Did you think it was sick then? Was there bits where you were like, oh my God, this is bad?
1: Uh, not Not sick, but I was like, wow, wow there are some really, yeah. really brutal parts i yeah it, even like i watch i've you know i've been watching horror films since i was too young to watch horror films so not much shocks me but this i was like yeah that is brutal and wow uh, well if you're
0: saying that i need to watch it because i need to see like because yeah. i think it's going to be pretty shocking if you're saying it, it even made you go whoa <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so yeah recommendations both there um anything else mate
0: no, I mean, the only other thing um, is uh, this week's movie, which was Bone Tomahawk. Good evening.
1: Civilized towns, you look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable.
2: Well, it's not supposed to be. <coughs> Here's a uh,
0: situation. I'm serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her, every second, they'll be delayed. You know who did this? I
1: don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no, I need you here. And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding long and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trailer or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile
0: territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared, I am a friend. You aren't. Damn you!
2: You had no cause.
0: If you want to question my morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these that gifts.
1: one of George's famous synopsis before we go any further, mate.
0: Bones on Walk is about um, a guy who comes to town. uh, He's like a a thief. He's like a robber and he gets put into the local sheriff's uh, prison, uh, the cell. And basically, uh, he gets shot in the foot. So um, a nurse goes and like tends to him one night. Anyway, it turns out that the nurse, the thief who got shot in the foot all get kidnapped by an Indian tribe. And a couple of other townsfolk, it's like the smallest town ever, um, decide to go and rescue them. You've got the sheriff, you've got the woman's husband, you've got some other guy, and basically, it's a film about them travelling from point A to point B to go and save these people.
1: Let me give you the first one I found on Google.
0: Go for it.
1: In the Old West, a sheriff kurt russell his deputy richard jenkins a gunslinger matthew fox and a cowboy patrick wilson embark on a mission to rescue three people from a savage group of cave dwellers or troglodytes troglodytes yeah that got brought up a few times in this didn't it that's
0: a great word
1: we used to call people that at school yeah you're such a troglodyte
0: that is an awesome word
1: so mate what's your history of this film
0: zilch yeah pretty much zilch so i knew of this film just for, from being interested in movies i heard the title i heard Kurt russell was in it and i heard the story uh, basically i knew it was a horror movie it was it was cowboys meets like cannibals and so i was you know i was like oh that sounds awesome that sounds awesome and i just never ever got around to watching it And it was only through doing this podcast that we, you know, it came to the link and people that had listened last week will know that I I didn't know which one to pick for this week. I was going to go with the Hunger Games or this. And I'm glad I picked this because it was something I haven't seen. And it turns out you ain't you haven't seen it either so is that right you know what was your knowledge of it before that
1: pretty much the same it's always intrigued me never got around to seeing it for one reason or another um and i'm so glad you did pick it um that's not necessarily uh, uh my final answer whether whether i enjoyed it or not but i'm so glad you did so i could at least watch it and see whether i did
0: yeah absolutely it was it's good to tick it off um it this sort of film, I've said to a few people, a few people said this week, you know, oh, what film's your next podcast? What's your next one? What's your next? And I've said the, the name of the film. They're like, what? Never heard of it. You know, I don't think this is very well known outside of film circles.
1: No, agree. Should we get into it then?
0: Yeah, let's do it, mate.
1: So we uh, kick things off with kind of a, a, a black screen. And I, I've got to say, f- first off, I watched this with uh, headphones on. I watched it on my Mac. Um So relatively large screen large enough to enjoy it um, with uh, headphones on and this first bit got me engrossed straight away because the flies were buzzing around my head as far as I could hear sonically they were all all around me and I was like instantly in the world Um, so yeah the first thing you hear is like flies buzzing and then the black fades to light uh, but a brutal throat slashing instantly with a blunt knife
0: Mm, and i love this first shot because um this shot sort of upside down isn't it and yeah. i think it puts us in the sort of position of the person being having their throat slit it's very much like oh, what's going on here what the hell's happening uh and it's like bang yeah throat slit and it's a robbery taking place isn't it yeah. um, or it's taken place um someone i haven't seen for a long time and um, david arquette
1: <laughs> yes well this really set the tone for me like that instant throat slashing there's a bit of humor in these scenes and it was like david arquette's not in this film for long uh but what he is in it uh, i think is really good
0: yeah no absolutely agree mate like um i i don't see this guy in many films anymore and um everything i used to see him and i always really enjoyed him so it's good that he popped up and um, there's another actor in this as well who I haven't seen for a while. Again, I'll get into that in a minute, who pops up. So it was good to see some of these people sort of make a bit of a comeback in this yeah. film for me.
1: <laughs> and he, um, uh, he's he's basically a wrestler at the moment. Did you know that? He's kind of uh, on the wrestling scene.
0: Yeah, I did hear a little bit about this. There's a documentary at the moment called You Can Never Kill David Arquette or something like that. That's right. And it's about his comeback, isn't it? About yeah. It's about wrestling. I thought at some point, I have to watch that. It just sounds mental, but amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was, I was tempted to choose that, uh, <laughs> but, but I, didn't, <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I <laughs> didn't, cool, so yeah, they're, they're kind of these two outlaws, aren't they, uh, it's David Arquette, oh. and um, it is, the other guy is um, Sid Haig, isn't it, who's in the, Sid
0: Haig is the other guy, yeah. yeah,
1: he's in a lot of horror films, and uh, uh, I didn't recognise him until a bit later on, when they're, uh, uh, Creeping up to the burial ground. Um, and he he looked really old in this, didn't he?
0: He did look old. I mean, I'm just looking up like sort of what he's been in now, and you're right, like I say, it's all full of horror movies.
1: Yeah, you'll recognise him from things like uh Devil's Rejects and The House of a Thousand Corpses. He's also in um some Tarantino films. I think he's in Jackie Brown and Kill Bill.
0: Yeah, it's popped up in Kill Bill Volume Two. I'm just trying yeah. to think who he was in Kill Bill, but yeah, he's um he's got a good um, back catalogue. He's
1: he's just one of those character faces, isn't he? Um, and yeah, it's it's good to see him, but he looked really old in this. Um, mm. This make-
0: film, I I bet this film, the subject matter and the script and stuff, I bet it attracted like I bet the actors in this read it and thought, ah, what well, I'd love to be a part of that. I'd love to be a part of that." Oh, Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it's um I, I can imagine it wasn't hard to persuade a lot of the people in this film to be in it because yeah. i think
1: they looked at it and thought, yeah i want to be in that so uh basically after that throat slashing um david arquette says why do they always wet themselves uh so yeah. obviously not his first time slitting people's throat in the in the, while they're sleeping um and there's basically three bodies on the ground um but then while they're kind of jacking all of their stuff and pocketing all their money and goods uh one of the three victims tries to shoot Dewey, should we call him? Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> his his partner manages to get him and bash his brains in, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, that's it. So someone rises up, basically, and sort of fires off a shot. And at this point, they 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 hear some horses, don't they, coming from the distance, and it sort of spooks the two robbers, doesn't it? And they yeah. think, oh fuck, we we better get out of there. Um, and this is I think where they they hear and we hear for the first time this this sound. It's like. It's quite subtle, but it's on the wind. And they call it a gust, don't they? They go, Oh, did you hear that gust? But it's quite an ominous, scary sounding toot, isn't it? It's
1: yeah, it's not a horn, it's not a cry, it's it's weird. It's like it's it but it, it gets to you but again this is another bit sonically when i was listening to and when i heard it through the earphones um it's like behind me then it's to my left and it's to my right this would have been amazing i wish i'd seen this in the cinema to have this in surround sound because they always place it in the right place when it comes to the visuals um and it was just like oh and it's always subtly to your left or right in front of you behind you or whatever um so i recommend anyone watching this do it with headphones or if you've got a decent sound system at home Uh, Listen to it like that because it really does place you where these guys are. Because they're they head for the hills, hiding from these galloping horses. Uh, they don't want to be there. We find out later that one of them's kind of an escaped convict anyway, and he's going to get jailed. Um, so they're kind of on the run. Uh, so they head for the hills, but head towards the wrong place, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, they start walking into an area where there's, there's skulls and there's all this weird, um, I don't know what the word like memorabilia, like you know, like horrible. Uh, that's not the right word, sorry, like horrible artifacts that's dead. yeah um so it's all looking very very woman. and also as this going is going on there's this humming sound that is playing over the movie like mm, in there which just makes it so creepy
1: yeah and uh obviously dewey's having a bit of a a bit of a crisis and he's like oh, this is maybe this isn't a good idea uh you know this looking dodgy to me and the other guy says this is not the time for womanly imaginings <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's so many good lines and parts of the script of this film.
1: It's great, isn't it? It's Tarantino-esque at points.
0: Yeah, it really is good. And it just sounded so authentic, mm. uh, what they said. It really, fe- it really felt like that's how cowboys and outlaws and frontiermen like would sound. And I love the script of this film.
1: And then uh, as they stumble away from the Horses Who's, they stumble across... Uh, burial ground, and uh, Dewey says maybe we shouldn't cross this graveyard. And <laughs> then Buddy, which is the other guy's name, says to him, "Because uh, it's like sacred or something." And Buddy says to him, "To a bunch of godless savages, ain't no concern of, ain't no concern of the civilized man." then <laughs> and as he says civilized man, he starts rubbing his revolver on his crotch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like they're civilized. Like yeah, yeah. These, two, these two bums, you know?
1: What... This is. Oh, sorry. Go on, Dan. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say that's what I really like about these bits is like, it's, you know, something bad's going to happen, but there's bits of comedy, like kind of setting you at ease leading up to it. These two are kind of like an odd couple. It, they could be in a comedy film. Um, so it's kind of setting you up for a, a bigger fall because you're like, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. And then, ouch
0: absolutely the, the the jovial moments um yeah make the the the, the sort of terror you know pangs sort or of even harder yeah you and, get false I mean, sense of security you do and to be honest in this movie there's not tons and tons and tons of really scary parts it just slowly sort of builds, doesn't it at yeah. certain points you know like it's like spooky and unnerving rather than in your face constant Uh, action and horror Mm. it's um it's sort of building slowly and you're right these little moments you know of sort of uh, jolly bits um do make the other bits you know that a bit more scary
1: yeah that's right and then they kind of cross the burial ground and they hear rustling around them and then they hear that noise again that kind of horn
0: Mm. and i think this is the point then where it's sort of out of nowhere um buddy basically shot of an arrow does not he
1: yeah, well, he's shooting into the bushes and then he gets an arrow direct in the throat. Great shot. And then followed by, you get this wide shot. So he's got this arrow and then you get this wide camera angle and you see this figure covered in some... And he's all
0: shadow, isn't he? Like yeah, black. he's like
1: shadow, but he's also got kind of clay all over him or something. And then he disembowels him with an axe like a bone tomahawk. Um, and then boom, that's the that's the cold open. And I was like, yeah, I'm in for this. I am in.
0: You're on board straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I must say, I love the, like, I know it sounds a weird thing to say. I love the time of day that they decided to shoot this movie. Do you know what I mean? Because it always had that look like the sun was just about to go down. Yeah. Um, It was all very, like, gray and light yellow. Do you know what I mean? It just had this really good color palette and this really cool uh, time that they were filming. The, go- the and golden hour. Up the golden hour that's it yeah where um like i say they say it's perfect for, for sort of movie making mm. and um yeah i just it just yeah every sort of shot in this film especially the outdoor ones look so good when yeah. they're filming it.
1: that's like i said this really grabbed me um and as soon as I, as soon as i saw that the the feel the brutality but then a little bit of comedy in there as well i i knew i was going to enjoy this film to an extent um whether i loved it or not we'll soon see. Uh, but then oh. it then it uh, says 11 days later. um which i'm guessing we're in like the 1890s there or thereabouts. i don't know whether uh, we yeah, get told. Some,
0: something like that. i mean i did look and it doesn't look like there's much like a ele- or if any like electric light. um a lot of the inside um scenes in this movie are like are done with sort of candlelight and yeah. um so i i guess it was around then like you say you know sort of turn of the century Um, sort of a real small cowboy village you do get the impression this is a very small little town
2: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and and obviously now we go from the kind of rugged hills where those those guys got well, one of those guys got disemboweled um, uh, to a l- like leafy farmstead uh, where Patrick Wilson's resting his broken leg, reading the paper. Uh, it turns out he fell off a roof during a storm or something, just as he had become foreman. Uh, so he's he's a bit bitter about it as well. But his uh, his wife's telling him why he shouldn't be. Yeah,
0: um, and they have a bit of banter, don't they? Like he, he says, um, "Oh, you're the most of most of the cows." Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "What most?" <laughs>
1: yeah so uh we they're, they're set up as a loving couple she's a lovely wife he's a loving husband um but then we see a shot from outside there um a farmstead uh where dewey is is burying a loot by a tree hmm.
0: yeah so he's basically burying what was sort of nicked. i think it was books and things um from the the, oh, the burial site wasn't it where they all sort of murdered the yeah people. um and as he's burying that Uh, the the sheriff's deputy or I should say deputy to the deputy actually spies him doing this
1: what do they call him the backup deputy
0: the backup deputy yeah yeah. which is which is brutal because like it turns out this guy is a great deputy I think he was just such a good wingman it is um, the deputy's
1: um, opinion (laughs) the backup deputy's opinion
0: He's so loyal in this film, you know. He um he really does take his role very seriously, and so pretty a bit of a disservice to him to call in, you know, the deputy of deputies. But yeah, he basically sees him. Um, you know, uh, we'll we'll get
1: into uh, the deputy a bit later because I've got a few things to say uh, about him. (laughs) Uh, But then we see uh, Mr. Brooder, played by Matthew Fox, who most people all know from Lost. uh, Who strolls into a saloon uh, looking pretty dapper, doesn't he, for a cowboy?
0: Yeah, I mean he's all in white or cream. Uh, he's a, he's a quite a cool customer, and I, I like um, I like as he walks into this bar because he he gets a drink and then he wants a bit of music, doesn't he? And um, I just love this bit with the guy who's like pissed on the piano, he has got his head down, and then he comes over and says, "Oh, could you play a song?" And he points to the sign and says, "Well, for a song you've got to pay X amount, but for free songs it's this much." And he's like, "Well, surely it should be cheaper if i buy more songs."
1: <laughs> Did you uh, recognise the uh, pianist, mate?
0: I didn't know. He had just his head down. Was he some famous face or famous person?
1: You'll know him specifically from one film, I think, because I think you're a big fan. His name's James Tolcan.
0: Yeah, I've, literally, I've just, um, I've just got him up now. James Tolcan here. In it. So let's he, have a little look. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna
1: tell you, he is the high school principal for Hill Valley High School.
0: Oh my god, he's in Back to the Future. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's he's Mister Strickland. What? He's Mister Strickland from uh, Back to the Future.
0: What is someone like that doing? In a scene that's like minute long with like four lines? That's mental.
1: But it's it's a hell of a hell of a cameo, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. But no, I would never would have recognised him, mate.
1: I didn't recognise him either. I just when I was reading about the um, the film afterwards, I saw him on there, and I was like, I didn't see him in this. And then, oh, yeah, he's he's <laughs> looked on the credits. He's the he's the pianist, drunk pianist.
0: I love that. It's amazing. But again, it's like we're saying, I reckon a lot of people would have read this script and gone, I want to be in that. I want to be in that. Yeah. Even if it's just for a minute, I want to be in it.
1: <laughs> and then uh, we cut and we meet uh, the sheriff, uh, Kurt Russell's sheriff, stirring a pot um, of soup. Uh, he's interrupted by, as you mentioned before, the backup deputy, chicory who's played by Richard Jenkins, who, again, I didn't recognise him straight away either, did you?
0: No, I didn't. And again, unless I'd looked it up, I never would have, um, I never would have known that was the guy playing him. Because he's, am I right in saying, he's the guy from, what was that comedy show he's was in? Um, he's in Step
1: Brothers. He's the dad in Step Brothers.
0: That's it. Um, that's what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I didn't realise it was him until quite a bit later on where I saw him in certain light and I was like, Oh, is that because I knew he was in it? I was just waiting, you know. I thought he'd come in later on, and yeah, it surprised me because I didn't realise he was going to be one of the main cast. I thought he was just going to be a guy that comes comes in and tells the sheriff something, and then it sets the sheriff on his way. But turns up, he's one of the main four characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in this movie, there's there's not loads of characters, so he does get a lot of screen time, doesn't he? He's Mm. like one of the main people.
1: But we get to know his character pretty pretty well in this. He's a bit ditzy. He's a bit absent-minded and he gets uh kind of sidetracked quite easily he sits down for some soup uh, with the sheriff um and he uh, says he spotted like you said the suspicious stranger changing clothes and burying luggage um and kurtz or well, the sheriff is kind of his interest is piqued
0: because mm, the thing is we've been such a small little town like and like like basically doing anything like burying something is enough to arouse suspicion, isn't it? It's almost like they're saying anyone from outside is under suspicion, especially as he's burying something, like fucking hell, he must be like, you know, he must be bad.
1: Yeah. And uh I know we said this last week when we were reviewing backdraft, mate. But Kurt Russell's perfect in this as well, isn't he? His charisma is amazing.
0: Oh mate, he's so good. I got a note here, I put Great mutton jobs on Kurt Russell. Oh, he fr- looks so good.
1: In so film. good. It's like I just I love watching him. I, I, I'm looking back at his back catalogue earlier, and I was like, I need to watch more of Kurt Russell. I just enjoy seeing him on the screen. He needs to be in more things.
0: Oh. And what's cool is last week we watched the film. You know, sort of in the start slash middle of his career, and now we've jumped. You know, 30, 40 years. To um, a movie, you know, which is sort of more towards the end of his career. So we're sort of seeing an actor, for, you know, at two mm-hmm. different stages of their career. And yeah, he's spot on in both, mate. And um, in this, he's just amazing. He's just so gruff and awesome. And he just, he, oh, I just love his costume. He's got that sort of bowler hat and he's yeah. got great beard and that. He's awesome.
1: It, he's a great choice for this. Um, and then cut to Patrick back is uh having sex with his wife uh i think she starts off on top uh, but that's hurting his leg so he decides to go missionary which i thought would hurt his leg more because he's got to kind of keep himself up
0: yeah absolutely i mean I, I guess the weight of her must be sort of pushing on it and mm. you know as we find out later oh what a bad injury that bloke's got like to it's- even be comprehending banging
1: his wife at a time like that (laughs) it's bad at the moment but it it, i mean it gets worse so he might be all right at the moment but uh soon he won't be um so then it cuts back to the saloon where uh dewey is supping something uh we find out the town's called bright hope uh, which i love these Mm. kind of western town names like that it's so good uh, that's just
0: a great little name in there yeah. and basically we get this is where we get Kurt russell walking in and he wants to speak doesn't he to Dave, the david arquette character he um he, he says to him um because he, he's talk, starts talking to him and david arquette doesn't want to look him in the eye doesn't he and he says yeah. in civilized towns we look each other in the eye
1: yeah and uh dewey tells him his name's buddy which is actually his mate's name who just got disemboweled
0: oh an amazing line as well doesn't he doesn't say something like like well, you're not very friendly with someone called Buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Um, and
0: then I remember David Arquette goes, oh, ever, ever since I've been here, you've been squirting lemon juice in my ass. Yeah. I'm like, That's, that is a great line. Yeah. Like, the script of this film is one of my favourite things. I love it. There's so many good quotes.
1: I love some of these kind of Western sayings that they have. I'm going to try and try and speak more like that when I can.
0: Yeah, it's too cool. Too
1: cool. (laughs) Um, But basically, he gets startled when they say, what were you burying next to that tree? So he tries to run, um, but the sheriff quick draws and shoots him in the leg uh, or the foot and then he uh, falls and knocks himself out.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, like I say, this sheriff, the Kurt Russell character, you know, he's quick on the old gun. Like, you know, any sign of messing
1: around, bang—he's straight in the foot, wasn't that? Yeah, that's right. And we we learn later that uh, it turns out he's he's a heavy-handed when it comes to this stuff, and he likes to shoot people in the legs.
0: Yeah, he's uh, pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: again, this this is all moving quite quickly, and then we cut away again to um, Patrick, and he he's, he's now being nursed in bed uh, by his wife. Um, I'm calling him Patrick, by the way, but he's called Odwyer. Um, and uh, he's been nursed in bed by Mrs. O'Dwyer, um, and she wants him to read a poem out loud, um, which she calls a poem, and he squirms out of it. And then Matthew Fox's character turns up knocking on the door looking for Mrs. O'Dwyer, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, and it, it turns out that Mrs. O'Dwyer is the is the is the the nurse of the time. So she's not the doctor, but she's the, the doctor's assistant, isn't she? And basically, they need her to go to the um, cell and the the sheriff's what's it called uh, the, not the police station i don't know what it's called The it's
1: like the jail isn't it the jail
0: yeah the jail that's the one they needed to go down to the jail and they needed to basically you know sort of tend to this guy who's been shot in the foot this day this David Arquette guy
1: yeah and uh she kind of goes down there and decides to stay with the patient because he's in a bad way she's given him some drugs and uh that's kind of last we see of her for a while spoilers
2: mm. um because
0: it so it's her, and you've also got staying uh, with the the suspect or the you know the baddie, yeah. uh, the the sheriff's de- the actual deputy. Is he called Nick?
1: Yes, yeah,
0: that's it. So those three are basically at the at the, the jail, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and um, sh- he's high on opium, but he he awakes while getting stitched up, doesn't he? And it's all a bit nasty. Um, yeah. but then next we hear those horns again, don't we?
0: Mm. Yeah, as I say, you've got a scary. I don't know what it is like, so you can't really describe that sound without hearing no. it. But it's an it's an odd one.
1: It's quite like prehistoric kind of dinosaur guttural noises. You would think, wouldn't you? It's like a, mm. uh, it's, yeah, it's strange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. When you find out later in the film how the sounds being made, it then it sort of falls into place. You go, oh yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's sort of it does tie well into how it's being made. You know, the sound sounds like it would sound. I think
1: M- makes sense. Yeah, um, so then we see a stable boy um he goes to the stable to tend to the horses because they're kicking off for some reason um and i really enjoyed this bit we see some figures running around like a proper like haunted house type thing um uh and out of nowhere bam slip throat impaled head he's,
0: he's dead. yeah it's very quick isn't it you see this you see this blade you know all this bone knife whatever it is in and out bang straight through the neck or straight through the head It's it's quick and this bit had so many like horror movie like tropes didn't it so you like you've got like almost like wolves and and, and sound and you've got like horses like neighing and you've got a fucking door swinging and it's all misty and that it was yeah. pretty spooky.
1: i love how quickly we're getting into this film and um at this point i was like i said i was sold earlier but at this point i'm like yes yes i'm really enjoying this 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 is going to yeah. turn into like a a revenge type film um and and it's all it's all heading for that um speaking of which uh next scene is o'dwyer waking up and his wife isn't back from the jail yet which he would have expected her to be
0: yeah um and and then we we go to uh the sheriff um Kurt russell and his wife's making him breakfast in the morning so it's, it's next morning now isn't it yeah and um then we get the bar owner actually come to his house and um he basically reports the death of his stable boy,
1: doesn't he? Mm. Another little bit here is, uh, I know when we, when we watched, uh, misery, uh, we were talking about an old couple who's still sexually active. Um, it turns out that, um, this old couple was still sexually active as well. Cause, um, she says she's feeling better cause they obviously had sex last night.
0: Yeah. She alludes to it. Fair enough. Do you mean, I mean, they've got to be in their mid sixties, possibly seventies. and yeah. you
1: know, play to them. good on him. And then like you say, Clarence turns up to report dead stable boy. Um, and says uh, the sheriff's op- office is empty. Uh, there's no prisoner, no deputies, no nurse, nothing. Um, so this is obviously concerning the sheriff. Um, so they go with uh, Deputy Chicory, Chicory to the uh, stable, um, and they find the stable boy disemboweled, and his eyes are hanging out.
0: Yeah, it's, it's all pretty gruesome. And um, I, I like this bit where like you've got that shot of like, um, the three of them hiding behind that door with all their like, guns out, like, like like detectives, almost sneaking into like a crime scene. They're like, "Hello, hello, anyone there?"
1: Yeah, I like that. It's very well framed. This film, I, I think, yeah. it's, for for a first time director, by the way, which we'll mention now. It's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, and the guy wrote it as well, didn't he? So yeah, you know, talent. The guy wrote it. You know, directed it. Uh, I mean, I did look up this guy's S. S. Craig, Craig Zala. 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 Um, to be honest, not someone I've heard of. Not someone I don't like. I looked at his what he's done after this film and before and I I nothing really um yeah you know, nothing really that's come on my radar. Um I don't know why that is, but um this does seem at the moment like the biggest most critically acclaimed thing he's done.
1: I've seen uh dragged across concrete. Have you seen that?
0: <laughs> no, that one name. <laughs> yeah,
1: no mate. Watch it, please watch it. We'll talk about it. Um it, and oh, I've seen Brawl in Cell Block 99 as well.
0: Okay, so he's so done some good stuff then. Some interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you've seen um, Brawl and Cell Block 99*. It's the one where uh, Vince Vaughn's got a skinhead and he's in jail and he's kicking ass.
0: No, I haven't seen right. that. I, I saw that uh, the picture of Vince Vaughn um, when I looked at his back catalogue, but no, it's not a film I've seen. Um, well, maybe I should give that a go. From that,
1: I've seen three of his things that I've uh, really liked, so um, I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, like I say, you're you're like say, you're um, you're down with Z- Zala. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm a czar head. Um, (laughs) So now uh, the sheriff and and his posse head down uh, to the jail to check out why there's no one there. There's just an arrow there, and it looks like Indians um, have have been there and and kidnapped everybody. And then the sheriff then has a sudden realisation that Mrs. O'Dwyer was still there because her her bag's there. Mm, That's
0: it. This is where the sheriff has to tell Mr. O'Dwyer... Um, yeah, his wife's been abducted. Uh, one little note i got at this point is we learned the name of the, the pub at this point. It's got a great name. It's the Learned Goat.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's a great
0: name.
1: <laughs> I love a good pub name. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. Um,
0: this, bit, so this bit made me laugh as well. So they found this arrow, which is the only clue about what's happened um, to uh, Mrs. O'Dryer and um and uh david arquette and they just literally get the local indian expert like they wheel him in quickly don't yeah. they to like give him a quick rundown of what it would be it just like it all <laughs> happens so fast i'm like yeah. that guy's hanging around
1: <laughs> basically we need to someone to come in and tell us give us a bit of exposition as to why they're so dangerous and he he basically says they're not indians as you know it they're not native indians as you would expect these guys are cave dwellers and we look down on them as an indian um they're troglodytes and they must have done it um and that um and they say well if they're cannibals and all that not why did they leave the stable boy and um and i quote bear in mind this is a quote they don't eat Negroes. and i was like whoa so eve <sighs> Even those troglodytes are racist. You can't get rid of these fucking racists.
0: I know, that is brutal, isn't it? And um and also I think the the Indian that alludes as well to say they they don't eat dead people too. Does he say that? I think he says they don't eat um they don't eat someone who's died already. Oh really? so I think what they do is they yeah i mean actually now i'm sending back i'm thinking that's only making sense but- well it,
1: it does i suppose <laughs> they like fresh meat they like like it like it straight off the carcass they like it warm yeah um yeah
0: but this indian guy does a good job at, at like basically putting the fear into our into the audience because now we know oh my god they're up against it and uh, immediately you think of the wife who's been kidnapped even david Arquette, you think they ain't got hope they're fucked like this is really bad
1: yeah and then uh, they decide to go out to the hills and get them um the sheriff says me and o'dwyer will go because we're the only ones who really have to um but the backup deputy said, no, I'm, I'm coming with you. This is what I'm here for. This is why I'm your deputy uh, for occasions like this. And also Matthew Fox offers his assistance because, um, one, because he's killed more Indians than all of them put together, uh, which instantly uh, put, a, <laughs> put a dead man walking sign on his back, I think. Um, and, uh, and two, uh, he kind of feels that he's responsible because he went and fetched O'Dwyer and got them involved.
0: Yeah, he brought the woman to the to the into the scene, and yeah. so yeah, he, he sort of he's a, he a random character in this Matthew Fox, isn't he? Like he's um, I don't know, he doesn't really add a lot to this movie. I wouldn't say. Oh,
1: I like him. I I think he adds that kind of um, he's the bit of a live wire in the group. So later on, when they're camping and stuff, a lot of the kind. of the disagreements between them he's caused and he's like a the opposite to the uh, deputy so they kind of don't yeah. get on and if you think about him shooting the two mexicans later on um it, it'll all, all add stuff and i think he has a decent arc because he starts as this really vain up himself guy um and then later on you see him <laughs> again <laughs> jumping ahead a bit but <laughs> he's lost his hand and says he basically, he would rather die uh, killing all of them than live without a hand. He said um, he's too vain to live without that hand. So I, I think it's an interesting arc. I quite liked him, to be
0: honest. I think for me, like, I went on board with, like, him coming along. And I know later you do find out he, he says I felt partly responsible and stuff. But at this point, I was thinking, what? Like, he he walked in the bar, so, he, like, cocksure, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, thought he was the big I am. And I don't know, I just I just I felt like the other three
1: like had Well you also I find out bear in mind you also find out that um uh Indians killed his uh, sister and mum. So he, yeah, that's a good boy he likes killing Indians, so he I think the part of him wants to go for uh to get that out of his system even more. Um so we find out later that he's killed hundreds. Um but
0: yeah, over a hundred he's done, isn't it? Yeah, I
1: don't think that's kind of uh met his thirst yet because he's still <laughs> retribution for his family, I think. Um, Still loves killing them. Yeah. I see, I, I really liked it. I think he, he was actually one of my favourites, so it's interesting that you have have uh, you uh, you didn't take to him.
0: No, like the other three, I don't know, I, I liked it, but it might be the cast. Uh, the other thing is, Matt, he's not like one of my favourite actors as well. I think no. that, I, I really like Lost, um, but he was one of the parts of Lost that I, I didn't really like. I felt like he played it, he, he always played it with this like, um, he was, he was quite wooden, and I thought he was just... He, he is quite bland. One way. He's bland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 then this like I, I I kept seeing like Jack from Lost again, and so again it just reinforced to me that I don't think Matthew Fox is is a, a, a very good actor.
1: Oh, burn! Um, but, let's let's get him on the podcast.
0: <laughs> but but like but when you put him up against okay, like Kurt Russell, you know, and, and Patrick Wilson, who I think's got a lot of, a lot of likability and stuff, I just think it, even more to me showing out like oh Matthew Fox, like to me he's like he just stands out like. a... You know, a bad actor compared to these other guys, but you know, he, um, you know that's that's just what I thought of him. But he comes along for the ride, doesn't he? So he does. Know, you've got the force
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's it. The sheriff's wife's not best pleased about the mission, um, but no. he, he's basically saying, "Shut up, let's not talk about it. Let's have a kiss. Yep. Give me my sandwiches. I'm pissing off." And we hear, <laughs> the, yeah, we hear at this point that they're going to do a five day journey in three days with an old man, <laughs> uh, a cripple. <laughs> And then two blokes that could probably make it on their own in, in, in three days. Um, so, yeah, an old, one old man, a, a one-legged man, a sheriff and a ba- badass kind of fashionista. Um, it's it's a tough existence, this world. You think that they've got to travel five days, you know, usually on horseback, they're going to do it in three, sleep on the ground. Yeah. It's a tough existence, isn't it?
0: i tell you what, the fact that the Patrick Wilson character came on this trip with that leg that broke is fucking mental. Like it's so brutal. Uh, the the you know the 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 passion that he felt to like you know save his wife even in that state. Fair play for me.
1: So for me, there's a little bit of disbelief there because I know <laughs> yeah. he's really keen to go and get it done and all that lot. But I would also think to myself in that position. Surely you would think to yourself, I'm going to slow them down, and it's more likely that she's going to get eaten alive because I've slowed them down and we haven't turned up in time.
0: Sure, yeah, and that's a good show. Yeah, like you know, you'd want to have to give your wife the best possible yeah. chance, and be hobbling along. Like oh, it's just—I mean, I guess what he thinks is that he can just he can just ride the—he can just ride the horse, keep up with them, and then yeah. just rest through it. But obviously, it all—you know—takes a bit of a, a, a turn later. <laughs>
1: that's it, and they all set off, and <laughs> you see the shitty horse that uh the the deputies on chicory um a little <laughs> nag um and then they all gallop off and it gets proper westerny here straight away doesn't it
0: it does indeed um and then basically they um they they ride off you've got some shots of some vistas and like say it, it look the scenery looks amazing and then we get to this, uh, the part where they stop to make camp for the first time don't they that's
1: it and then uh john Bruder, Matthew fox's character put some like jingle bells around the camp uh to stop any (laughs) to stop both like animals and bandits coming in uh and uh, yeah it's interesting way of doing it It must have taken him fucking ages to do that full perimeter and he's not jingling jangling when he's riding that horse
0: no i know so he just where do these come from right you know we didn't hear these earlier. has
1: he just made them he also he also said a line that really pissed me off was "smart men don't get married." So I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I wish I'd seen this." Mate,
0: <laughs> I literally I underlined that like so because he basically done me. He says to the Kurt Russell guy, he "Goes, well, you're married. You had a wife who's dead." Yeah. Um, we're saving your wife <laughs> he yeah. says yes smart men don't get married and i was like fucking hell but that sums his character up quite well doesn't it because he's that yeah. very um you know sort of detached sort of guy like i think he feels he, he's a cut above these guys that's it he.
1: and he sleeps around a bit he likes himself as a lothario he says there are 11 women in bright hope alone who
0: he's uh kind of got waiting for him uh <laughs> and considering and it's quite also, a small the- town absolutely that must be like pretty much the whole female population <laughs> yeah. but they um they sort of allude to it, a couple of points that he has tried it on with mrs Ojua now and then doesn't he like at one point patrick wilson says don't you touch my wife like i know what you're like or yeah
1: whatever. like earlier on when she, he came to collect her he said if you say one flirtatious <laughs> thing to my wife blah 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 um and he he kind of reiterates that later um but also while they're bedding down here the deputy says to the sheriff, can you read a book in the bath? And I was like, what the fuck kind of random oh, question is that?
0: This this is so random, this bit. And he keeps saying about how you fall asleep and it will fall in the bath, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm all for this non-consequential kind of conversational talk. Um, but this is a bit too random for my liking. Uh, but it does show that how the deputy chicory does react to in stressful situations. He just likes to talk mundanity.
0: Mm. And also I think it shows as well how much he like looks up to like the Kurt Russell sheriff, doesn't yeah. he? Because he's like asking it like his advice, what would you do? And Kurt Russell just, you know, simply says, Oh, I'd get, a, you know, what they have in an orchestra. Like I would get a music stand and a towel. <laughs> you're right though it's so fucking random like what the fuck like it's just mental
1: and then bells go off boom bruder shoots a coyote or something
0: we just hear the dog wailing don't we We, um we don't actually see you know any sort of peril from an animal or anything but yeah so you say the bells go off and then bang
1: but it's great because you kind of see the sheriff and his deputy in the foreground um and you see the sheriff being quite quick as well but not making it as fast as as um Br- Bruder and he is up and and he's basically he's lying down and he's up and shot that animal within a second um and that just puts in our mind how quick he is straight away he's he's quick on the draw
0: and then we get to the sort of the, the next morning when they're going to set off and um, Patrick Wilson actually sort of like hobbles off funny to sort of like you know play with his is is it a tourniquet,
1: it's called? Yes, that's right, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, this bit's, like, brutal. This is, like, probably acting, isn't it? You know, when he's got a... He's, he, he's basically got a, like, sort of push his leg in or whatever, and you yeah. can just hear him, like, screaming and stuff in his face, and, oh, it looks so bad.
1: And then you find out that he's got some opium on him. Mm. yeah. That's helping him with the pain, but his leg's quite obviously infected. He's in a bad way.
0: Yeah, big time. He's in a, He's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> quite funny. He, he, he. I think he, like... Takes the lord's name in vain a few times, and then he says, "Oh, I'm sorry, God." I shouldn't <laughs> <he's done that."
1: laughs> apologizes to the sky, doesn't he? God fearing, godship, yeah. uh, god fearing cowboy as he is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll I tell you what. right he does come across as like the nicest guy. Like he seems like a good husband. Like they had a good relationship. He's doing all this to save his wife with this bad leg and stuff. And you know, apologizing to God and that. Like he's just a nice guy. This yeah, Wilson in, in my eyes
1: but the sheriff isn't happy with him riding a horse with uh, opium in his veins
0: no he's not
1: so uh, he he plots with the deputy t- tells Bruder to stay out of it uh, but plots with his deputy to confiscate it um and and they do so they take it off him so you can't ride your horse with that you're going to be an absolute mm. liability you pissed drink and drive never do it <laughs>
0: And then moves on, doesn't it, to the next time that they're camping. Um, Again, another scene with like, you know, lit by fire, they're sort of like you know all, all around the fire sort of you know getting their head down and thing again we hear a little rattle on the chain don't we
2: yeah well before
1: that they're talking about the possibility of gangrene and amputation and whether the um deputy because he's he's been in the war he was in the civil war um and he's had to amputate before is would he still be able to do it um so that sets something up for a bit a bit later on but like you say yeah two strangers approach
0: yeah this bit's like well brutal um so at first they're like who is it who is it and um they, uh, it's basically this one guy and they say light a match don't they and so this person lights a match so they can just see and then this this mexican person um says i've got a friend with me i've got a friend with me or whatever so there's two of them isn't there and literally just out of nowhere Matthew fox just goes bang bang just kills them both.
1: yeah and uh he says they they're either scouts or thieves um and basically says, we need to get out of here. They, they, if they were scouts, there's more coming. Uh, so we need to break camp and uh, and move, and uh, make a cold camp. So in other words, let's not set a fire. Let's just uh, settle down, lie on the ground and get some kip. And then we'll move on in, in, later in the day. But yeah, he's very quick to shoot them down. And th- again, this is all building the character of brooder as being a bit quick on the draw, but not in a good way. Um, and quick to kill. Uh, he has no qualms about killing people, and for me, that set him up as someone you want on your side, um, but you don't, you don't want to cross him. So you're happy that he's there with them because he's the one. He's twice now. His preparedness to kill and react have have saved them. It saved them from well, potentially saved them from a coyote. Those Mexicans were probably innocent. I think one of them looked like a priest or something, didn't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's so brutal. Like I don't know what they were doing, like walk around the desert at night, but he is quick to just kill them
1: yeah and, and it's never really confirmed whether they were a scouting party for what happens next because they do they move camp um but they get ambushed kind of want, yeah. I think O'dwyer gets woken uh as Brooder's is getting stabbed in the shoulder um O'Dwyer, I think gets a shot off and shoots one of the thieves.
0: Um, oh and this next bit is so brutal because so they basically they they, they fend off like the, the the ambushers, don't they they, they kill them or whatever um and then it turns out the horses have been uh, sort of taken and um matthew fox's horse who you know it sounds like he had a bit of a loving relationship with yeah
1: saucy um, as well is the name of the horse
0: <laughs> saucy uh is all coming out but no so he basically walks up to his horse, doesn't he? He's he sort of you know, lying there, like, dying. I was like, oh, brutal, brutal. And he doesn't think twice, really, Matthew Fox. He's gutted, but he just shoots him in the
1: head. Now it's personal for him as well. He's like, fucking, I'm going to get out there and do some damage to people, I think. Um, yeah. But basically, the other horses were stolen. Saucy wouldn't be taken. Um, uh, so that means they're all without horses now. Uh, so they have to hike. Uh, so this trip that was supposed to take them a few days, you know, it it's a five-day journey that they're going to do in a few nights um now it's going to take them a lot longer because they have to hike the way um bear in mind one of them has a severely broken leg and
0: mm, he said so first let he, Patrick Wilson he says oh I'll, I'll get going yeah and um you guys can sort of catch me up and it probably didn't take him very long mm
1: now we're only an hour in at this point a lot's happened Uh, because i look i did a little check and i was like wow we're only an hour in um and i'm already loving it so um don't fuck it up is basically what i was thinking (laughs) um but he's really struggling so they're walking on they go on without him don't they
0: yeah they catch him up and then and then some um and like i say his only hope is to sort of get to the camp and have a little sleep while they're still there and it's just I mean, I was thinking, watching this, thinking, how is this going to pan out? Because
1: this, this ain't good for this guy. No, and they they he catches them while they've had a you know a kip. Turns out he's a couple of hours behind them. Um, mm. He lays down and have a nap, um, and then gets woken up. They're about to leave in order to arrive at the destination. That was their last kip, I think. Um, yeah. So they're nearly there, basically. And uh, Bruder makes a joke about. Uh, if we get there, we're going to get there before you. I'll, I'll try to refrain from flirting with Mrs. O'Dwyer. Um, and then s- smash. O'Dwyer s- gives him a slap. Uh, doesn't, yeah. t- doesn't take it well at all. Turns and punches Bruder, um, but absolutely does his leg in in the process.
0: He <laughs> Another good line there. He says, risking my life gives me the right to an innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he basically th- this is where Patrick Wilson's a proper fucked. like his leg is knackered now. Yeah. um and um basically he then gets uh, so it turns out chicory like you said is a is an ex uh civil war surgeon and he gets um he gets a choice doesn't he um uh, he, he they say do you want your leg amputated or do you want it set and like the way they sort of frame it is that having it amputated would probably be you know having it set won't really work but he's adamant. He's like, you're not cutting my
1: leg off. Well, first of all, they're telling him, they say, Chicory, Chicory's going to have to take that leg. They're saying him, you have to get rid of it or you're going to die. Mm. Uh, but he refuses. He's like, it's my leg, it's my body. Um, and he just says, reset it. Um, he'd be faster without the leg. It's dead weight at the moment and you're never going to no. use it again. Um, but then the, the three of them walk into the... Uh, you see, <laughs> the oh, one second. Yeah, at this point, I, I I thought they had actually amputated it.
0: You thought they'd amputated his yeah, leg? Yeah,
1: because they, they give him some opium, don't they?
0: They do. And they...
1: And they he passes out.
0: Like get almost get like a hammer, and then they, there's that shot where it comes down, and then it cuts.
1: Yeah, so you don't quite know. And then like when they're leaving, his legs are behind a bush, so I think they're kind of suggesting you know oh they might have taken his leg they might have not i think they leave it ambiguous at this point um yeah i see yeah so because uh, you see the saw come out of the bag and uh he had the tools there to do it um but they left it at his at his request so i i yeah. thought they were just going to take it like, like for his own good and they need to take that leg i thought they were just going to take it and i thought that would have been fucking brutal if they'd done that
0: oh, drugged I'm him out pretty- you know he would have still carried on like on this mission as well yeah. with, even with like one leg
1: <laughs> and knowing the deputy he would have taken the wrong leg as well
0: <laughs> oh chicory <laughs> yeah. um
1: but yeah the three then walk into the night um they hear those ominous horns again um mm. but you f- you feel like usually at this point the horns get closer and it'll get scarier but they start going further away don't they
0: mm. and they also decide don't they that they're gonna they're gonna like, do the last leg sort of at night and sort of sleep in the day, don't they? Yeah. So, again, it, it, we're getting this really good, like, dusk, early evening, like, uh, mood set, you know, with, the, with in the in the sort of desert. It looks so cool.
1: And this is where we hear that, um, Bruder's mom and sister were killed by Indians. Uh, and, uh, he says something quite brutal is it's not because, you know, how many Indian men have you killed? And he was like, not just men. Um, an indian woman is still an indian um so it just shows you how passionate he is about killing indians um <laughs> he really loves it uh and then uh, next morning they're scouting the area with the, this this hallowed german telescope which they fucking love
0: yeah chicory loves this telescope doesn't he he's yeah. like obsessed with it yeah.
2: can i use
1: the german <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah um, good?
1: And he finally gets a go on it, doesn't he? He trusts him. He's seen. I've seen you operate. You can have a go. Um, yeah. But they're close now. Um, they spot tracks with uh, a horse having a missing shoe, which was one of the horses that was stolen from uh, the stable early on. Um, that Those tracks head to a cave with skulls in the wall. So this is all obviously calling back to earlier at the start of the film where Dewey was hanging around with Buddy. And, um, and uh, so we automatically know they're getting close.
0: Yeah and this is where Matthew Fox he or, or Bruder he goes in alone doesn't he and he's going to signal for the others to follow him into this sort of like into this sort of cave or this like sort of valley yeah. area.
1: Yeah that's it and they they kind of follow it through this it's a it's a intimidating place because you're you're covered on both sides get going through that creek um oh. and uh but he goes checking it out doesn't he um and uh they get closer to this cave that's in in the rocks in in up on the cliffside, which you can't really get to um very easily. Anyway, it's a very well fought-out base for these troglodytes because uh, it's not easy to penetrate, even if you've got modern equipment by those standards. Um, and this bit, do, do you know something?
0: I, I'm sorry, just one thing on that cave. Uh, you probably read this as well. Do you know what that cave was used for before in a movie?
1: Oh, yes, I read this. I can't remember what it was. Um, um
0: it's iron man
1: yes that's right it was what? yeah
0: that's so mental isn't it like to me they're like oh we used to buy a man oh that's good bone This is i love things like that. It's yeah just funny crazy
1: <laughs> crazy uh, i wouldn't have you wouldn't guess but yeah i saw that i saw yeah. that in the trivia um yeah. but then these guys kind of creep up on it they they're hiding behind a bush and uh brood using the uh, german again and he says uh um the sheriff asked him if he sees anything up there and then bosh out of nowhere He gets a fucking boulder to the face and then an arrow in the arm, doesn't he? And uh, The arrow in the arm of the sheriff. And then I didn't really see what happened to the deputy, but something hits his head and peels some skin off. And I was like, shit, these guys are fast. I actually rewound that bit to watch it again because it was out of nowhere. That That rock hitting him in the face was pretty brutal.
0: Yeah, it is very quick. And one thing I like in this film is that we see a few times they shoot arrows into people and like... The uh, the arrow doesn't have that usual like movie sound of like Sht! it's like it, they're silent they're just like yeah oh, there's an arrow in them like do you know what I mean it, one thing about this film it felt really authentic like yeah. the way things happened and the, the sounds and it wasn't hammed up or like Hollywood uh, Hollywooded you know what I mean it felt yeah. it felt quite real.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's real, real life violence. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it did feel like that at points. And there's a bit later on, that <laughs> maybe a bit further than Uh-oh. that. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the deputy managed to shoot one of the troglodytes. Um, Bruder gets his hand chopped off, which I, 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 I think it was a bone tomahawk thrown yeah. at his wrist or something, because you only see it for a fraction of a second, but you just see his kind of wrist cave in, don't you? Um,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the sheriff guns down another one, um but they've got fucked up,
0: and this is where you've got Bruder, basically um he he's in no fit state to go on. He's basically dying, isn't he?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, he um, could have survived. they could have cauterized his his wound, but he says i'm I'm far too vain to ever live as a cripple uh because he's he's got one hand, and he's like nah the ladies aren't gonna be pleased turning up with a guy with one hand, so. <laughs>
0: but also he's looking at this as an opportunity to kill even more indians yeah um because he says doesn't he? He's, he's like just leave me here with a load of dynamite i'll just kill a load of them Like, yeah. what a brutal man
1: and i thought this is going to be a good trap uh so yeah leave me here with dynamite and don't return until i've used it so um he he, he said he killed 116 indians i think he said um and he's, yeah. he wants to go down with a fight he wants to take some more um but he doesn't <laughs> he gets
0: he doesn't you get basically an axe in the head <laughs> yeah, he? <laughs> yeah.
1: i was all ready for him to do it he wanted this heroic end he, he said oh, i'm just going to sacrifice my own life and you know help you guys out but he gets an axe to the face it's just like this film is so like that it, it sets up these possibilities uh, that might happen and then flips it on its head and uh yeah it's, it's all the we, better for it
0: it's like we're saying you know in most other films you know, he would definitely use that dynamite. It would yeah. take out a few, but no, axe out of nowhere Bag. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's short, sharp, and it's, it's, quite shocking to the viewer not just because of the violence just because of the the twists and turns it's taking you know they're setting things up it's not happening
1: (laughs) yeah like usually you would get a shot from the characters who are far away from that scene where Bruder is and they would hear an explosion then look at each other and have a solemn moment and then go right let's get back on it Uh, but uh, that's what i was expecting but no just an axe to the face instead (laughs) Uh, and then um the sheriff and deputy kind of go back on themselves, don't they? They retread their uh, steps. Um, but the deputy goes down. I didn't actually see what happened to him again, uh, but he gets hit by something. Uh, and then the sheriff is getting strangled by another uh, troglodyte and they um, shove a bone in his mouth and then whack him yeah. with a rock in the side of the head.
0: I, I mean, my note says they're choking Kurt Russell and then he shoves something in his mouth. Like, yeah. oh. I don't shove know. a bone in
1: his mouth. I think it's guaranteed because... Concussion, uh, not concussion. Um, when it comes to knocking somebody out, it's all to do with the jaw. Um, so if your jaw is open, um, it's easier to get knocked out. This is a, like this is why they always say to not leave your jaw swinging when you're uh, in a in a. I was going to say in a fight, but boxing particularly. Um, so, in order to make sure his jaw is open and easy to knock out, they shove a bone in his yeah. mouth and then smack him with a rock, knowing it will knock him out rather than kill him, and then they can eat him alive
0: oh that is very interesting so like you know the the most the more wide your mouth is the more chance you've got of getting knocked out yeah because yeah yeah, this is
1: why punching the chin is the most effective way to i'm not trying to teach people how to knock people out by the way uh but punching (laughs) in the the chin is you know in the jaw is the the most effective way of knocking people out um so yeah, oh, I, I wondered these whether Indians know that. Yeah, I wondered whether that was it. They want to keep him alive, and and that's why. Um, but then they get dragged, don't they, back to where uh, Bruder died, um, and into <laughs> winched up into the cave.
0: Um, I got a note here just saying how like uh, menacing I thought the, the Indians look. Yeah. The, the the white paint. They look really scary. I thought.
1: They look and... like orcs or Urukai, don't they? From uh, from Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah.
0: They're so like dehuman yeah. dehumanized, aren't they? They I mean, I know they're human, but they're the way you know, they don't speak like we would. They, they pay their bodies. They're sort of like naked, but they've got bones all over, and they are quite scary. And um, but realistic, scary. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's, it's, clever, it's cleverly done.
1: It's all the modifications they've done on their body as well to make them more kind of animalistic and uh, tribal. And um, yeah. yeah, they've really. I, I'd it'd be interesting to how close uh, some some tribes actually look like this because they are very intimidating. And I think by design as well. I don't think it's an accident. They're intimidating. It's part of their uh, part of their thing. I should imagine.
0: Yeah, and. I think you'll agree, and most people would, that the things that feel like they could happen in real life are are, are much more scary than, you know, these fantastical things. And I know we don't live in the cowboy times now, but this film felt really realistic and Mm. it did feel like it could happen, you know, if you were in the old days. So I think that made it a lot more scary.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, But yeah, they get dragged into the cave, put in these uh, kind of makeshift uh jails in in the uh in the cave um we find out Miss dwight's still alive she's she's still captive there she hasn't been eaten yet um and now they are captive too uh but turns out they did eat <laughs> they did eat dewy R- <laughs> R- R- yeah D-
0: old officer Dewey. yeah he's um he's done um so she's sort of the only one left now oh actually no to tell a lie they've actually still got nick as well who's the the actual deputy yeah he's still there isn't he but he's not in a good way he's not in a good way no and basically we, we get to find out what happens to Nick very soon because they drag him out don't they yeah um,
1: well she says and, like uh, there's a big one coming like he's got big horns and stuff and she goes oh god not him so obviously this guy's got a reputation one of the one of these troglodytes has a reputation and he comes in and, and yeah they drag him out and this big orc looking motherfucker and yeah they drag him out and then the sheriff and deputy are trying to break through the bars to help him and they, out of nowhere, just chop off the sheriff's fingers. And I was like, oh, that, that, that's the bit that made me wince the most so far. <laughs> so far. Um, and then, just let me read this bit out, because this is brutal. We'll talk about it properly after, but they scalp Nick. So they literally razor the top of his head off. They then shove his scalp in his mouth, whack a bone in his mouth to shove it down further. Then they hold him by his ankles upside down. And then whack him with a bone tomahawk right between the legs, right in the dick, and then turn off if you're faint-hearted by this point, by the way. But they split him from his ass crack to his neck.
0: <laughs> Your note is so similar to mine. Mine says they get Nick and they scalp him. They then hammer the cut-off head into his mouth and start chopping him in the cock and split him in two. <laughs> oh it is as bad as it sounds and like the thing is the camera doesn't shy away you actually see this uh full-on from behind him getting chopped up thank you his naked body is yeah
1: I, I might be a sick fuck but i rewinded this three times to look at it because i was like my jaw was open i was like i want to see that again and it was so <laughs> well done but the one thing that gave it away because it was a great bit of uh practical effects no cgi other than there might be a bit of blood splatter and stuff like that but it, all pr- prosthetic as far as i can see um but one thing let that um prosthetic body down is you notice there's there's a shot of of him being held by the ankles and it cuts away and then it cuts back and there's no hairs on his legs anymore he had hairy legs and it cuts away and it comes back and there's no hairy legs i was like just for like, you don't notice it the first time you see it because you're not looking for it um but when i watched it second and third time it's really obvious
0: Oh, I see. So looking back, you, over and over, you sort of notice it. I guess though, most people would be so turned off by that watching it the first time, they would never want to watch that bit again. No. But obviously, you wanted to see it over and over.
1: Uh, more to do. It's not to, <laughs> like I loved seeing I it the first time. Like, it's more to do seeing how it's done. Because I was like, "Fuck! They've split him in half." So I wanted yeah. to go back and watch it, and it's such a great effect. This is the kind of practical effects people should be striving to achieve. Don't be lazy and go for the CGI stuff, because I thought that was so fucking well done, and and the shock factor is is just immense, and the, how much brutality that puts across... These guys are desperate to get out. There's no talking to these guys. There's no reasoning with them. Whatever happens, you're only there to be eaten. Um, And this just got that across so, so well.
0: Yeah, and you know that, you know, if they are going to kill you, it's going to be in the worst way possible. They're not just going to shoot in the head. You know, they haven't got guns. You're not even going to get your head cut off. You're going to get, you know, scalp in your mouth, your own. You're going to get your knob chopped off. You're going to get split into a horrible death.
1: And then one of the cannibals, kind of next scene, is walking around chewing on a leg like it's a turkey drumstick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then we get we get a a sort of a bit of chat between the cages, don't we? Between uh, Mrs. Odua and uh, and the sheriffs, and she's actually annoyed, isn't she? That um that they say we've left a few clues for him. oh i'm sorry if you yeah rock why would you lead him here. yeah yeah and she, do you mean like fair play and like I, I literally love the husband and wife in this like they literally so they're looking out for each other all the time and you yeah. know she could you know she's not like oh yes my husband's on his way she's like what are you doing like she doesn't want him anywhere near mm. the situation which is really really nice and then this is where she lets slip as well that there's 12 male um indians and there's two
1: pregnant females yeah oh but uh, we'll get into more detail on that a bit but oh. they're um plotting at this moment to poison uh the the cannibals with opium um uh, so it turns out he still had some uh, on him um so i didn't really i didn't really understand what the plan was and it turned out to be a bit of a shit plan really um i'm gonna yeah. pretend i want to drink it and then they're gonna drink it they might have just sniffed it and thrown it away uh, i didn't think it's a bit of a shit plan to be honest
0: um, well, the first thing I thought is that if I'd never dr- drunk whiskey before, which these Indians probably haven't, I wouldn't have thought they would like enjoy it for the first time. Because in this film, one of the Indians drinks from the hip flask, and then there's like another sip, and I'm like, "Come on, yeah, okay, they wouldn't like it that much." Yeah. But maybe they would.
1: No, one of them spits it out completely. um But it's not
0: like Coca-Cola.
1: No, exactly. Oh, what's that? I really like that sugary, no. fizzy hit
0: yeah oh that's amazing mm. like that i would be like fair play i can understand
1: that <laughs> uh but elsewhere o'dwyer wakes up um and starts trekking on his absolute mangled leg um <laughs> he's having a bad time really if you think about it his wife's been uh kidnapped by cannibals which can't get much worse than that other than the fact that he's got a broken leg while he's trying to get to her then he falls down the hill um sounds like he breaks it again and then he passes out on his crutch <laughs> from the opium he's taking oh. Um, and then he crawls on his hands and knees and has a nap in the bushes.
0: Yes. Um, and like I say, he, that's where he stays for a moment, isn't yeah. it? Until in a minute we've got some, some Indian, Indian action. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it goes back to the cave and then the, the trogs fall for the uh, fall for the uh, trick of wanting to drink the opium. Um, but uh, uh, Nurse O'Dwyer kind of says that oh, the first one will die and the second one will pass out but we will be fine and the other one will be unaffected Um, which means they'll be in well two of them will be incapacitated leaving with 10 basically cannibals to deal with Uh, (laughs) so it, it wasn't the most effective uh most effective plan um and they but one thing that's worth noting at this point that comes into play later is they throw the hit flask
0: into the fire Oh yeah, that's coming up in a bit.
1: That's brutal. <laughs> uh, but, but in the meantime, Odwyer uh, gets caught napping by two of the cannibals. Um, uh, I like this bit, uh, but he, he this ma- bit's
0: real tense in oh. it because like he only just gets his shots away. Oh. Yeah. So he's
1: really vulnerable, and I can't believe how efficiently they killed everybody else in this. Like they're really efficient, really sneaky, but they managed to a guy with one leg napping in a bush. They managed to allow him to get up and there's two of them uh they managed to allow him to get up um and and get two shots off before they kill him uh so these guys must be the rookies
0: oh yeah these are the fucking like the first day of <laughs> they yeah. haven't done a great job like like you say one leg in a bush and they still couldn't get him but yeah. like it is touch and go because they're right just as he gets his shot top he's got to put and reload his gun and it's quite a nice sort of like sort of scene with a bit of tension, you know what I mean, to try and get these shots off as good.
1: Yeah, he, he deserves a bit of luck. Uh but at this point he goes up to one of the bodies and I was really expecting like for him to jump up and bite him or something. Um but he didn't. Yeah, but he removes one of the blow horn pieces from the guy's throat, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I, I, as he was doing it, I was thinking, what is he doing? Because uh, you know, at this point, I didn't click that something in their neck was making this sound. I mean, even saying it back is absolutely mental, isn't it? They put something in their like body to give them this weird sound. So he basically removes it, doesn't he, from this guy's yeah. neck, this dead Indian? Thinking I can and, use um, this
1: to kind of trick him and communicate it with him and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, compared to the compared to the whiskey plan, like this is a good plan. Yeah. this would work. You know, like this is this is good um so yeah he uses the whistle to call the indians i'm i'm, I'm right at this point he uses the whistle there and then and bang he kills another one I think.
1: so basically yeah he, he treks for a little bit and he comes across the scene of where the sheriff and the deputy were ambushed um and he realizes yeah. this area is specifically set up so that people coming through have nowhere to go it's a perfect ambush ambush point so he he looks around and realizes ah there's a there must be a back entrance so he walks up the hill and then he he realizes right there's a corner around here there's probably that's probably where they come from when you go through this like ambush alley um so that's where he blows the horn and then one comes running out and he guns him down
0: so we're looking at sort of like maybe eight left, nine left, something yeah. like
1: that. <laughs> but the thing at this point is he puts this bloody, it's basically a bloody whistle that's been in someone's throat, obviously, probably for years. And I'm like, oh, God, this is just so, yes, yeah, just disgusting, isn't it? But he gives it a nice toot.
0: <laughs> um, we get a nice bit coming up in a minute as well. So this is this next part, we go back to the cave, we've got Kurt Russell and Chicory, and they're, again, they're speaking with Mrs. O'Donnell, Dwyer, and um, basically, uh, he says quite a funny line. He says, "Oh, you, you should, you should uh, eat your bird there, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they're feeding on eh?" Yeah. But the bit where chicory sort of, sort of again, like you mentioned earlier, the, the way he gets through these tense moments, he talks about random things. He starts talking about a flea circus, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. And, um, it's quite nice how how um, sort of Mrs. O'Dwyer she sort of plays along and says, "Oh, yeah, flea circuses." mainly they're fake but the one you saw Chikorino that was definitely real famously useful. that's wow.
1: the the one that is real and I'm like she's just she's just placating <laughs> him and she just wants yeah. him to feel comfortable and have his last moment cause she knows he's going to die or thinks he's gonna
0: yeah, die. Yeah, he... I thought that was nice. And I, I, to be honest, I, I didn't. I, and then she winked, and then that's what made me think. Oh, she definitely did mean yeah. it. Is in. I didn't know if she was just saying it, or. But then, when, as she winked to Kurt Russell, I'm like, oh, you know why she's done that? She's got a heart. She's trying to make his last moments bearable.
1: That's it. And he, uh, yeah, that whole thing is funny. I thought. And th- at this point, I must say, I've, we've we've drawn from saying it so far, but Richard Jenkins is my favorite character in this. Like the the kind of chicory character. He is so lovable and and kind of innocent but also quite knowing in other ways. And I just think he's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. He ain't got a bad a bad bone in his body. And um yeah, he's got some great lines. He's a real good foil to, to to Kurt Russell's like sheriff, you know. They're they're sort of talking cheese, but they work really well. And yeah, I really enjoyed him in this. He was yeah. awesome.
1: But while they're having this nice chat about the flea circus and good times and all like that and all that lot, they're suddenly <laughs> startled by the horn thing again. Um, and it turns out the uh, the cannibals have figured out the drink was a, a druggy thing. Obviously, some of them are passed out or something. Um, yeah. So they start unlocking the the cage. Uh, and the sheriff kind of r- bum rushes them, doesn't he? He, he barges his way out.
0: Mm, yeah. And basically, they, they, they strip him naked, don't they, Dean? They overpower him.
1: He gets knocked out again first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this next bit's so bad. Uh,
1: so, another brutal scene, which I'll explain. So, he's lying now on the floor after being knocked out. And then they take a really sharp bone and slice open his belly. And then they take the sh- the hip flask which has been on the fire probably now for like half an hour or so um so they take this white hot hip flask and put it inside the wound in his belly and just stick it in like a pow- like it's a pocket um oh my god that's rough
0: yeah it w- that is bad i mean that's th- you know what i mean that's just so like visceral to do that like you can just only imagine the pain of 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 hot metal in your body
2: yeah, um,
0: it's horrible and it's really really like it's not like it's not needed like these indians you know they could they could eat him they could kill him they could hammer a rock on his head and kill him but no they're doing that to like really twist the knife aren't they it's horrible
1: and then i like this bit where the, the big ugly fucker uh cannibal is trying to work out the gun and he's, he's, tr- he's trying to shoot him in the dick, uh, but he can't work out yeah. why, or, how it reloads.
0: Well, my note says Indian then tries to shoot his knob off, doesn't know how to reload. Like, <laughs> it's just quite funny because there's no talking. He's just looking right. at the camera almost, like trying to work out how it, how it, how it sort of works. And I mean, in, in a scene, you know, coming up in the next few seconds, he does work it out, doesn't he? he yeah. How to do
1: it. Well, this is what, it's really cool because you get this sense of relief. Oh, thank God. He's too primitive to know how machinery works. And, uh, and but somehow he he stumbles on across the way to reload it and I'm just, and it's just like oh fuck um yeah bang. It's, it's, I, I really enjoyed that bit and me- meanwhile there are he, there are shots outside he gets a sh- actually the sheriff gets a shot in the gut didn't he yeah
0: sheriff gets a shot in the gut but as that happens um he Manages to sort of get a bone saw and chop the guy's foot, doesn't he? Yeah, and then as the guy, as the Indian falls over, he, he gets him in the head.
1: Yeah, he, at, at the time, also, he's shouting out Arthur, there's one in here with a, and then he that's when he gets the shot in the gut. Um, yeah, the sh- sheriff grabs a bo- bone tomahawk, cuts his toe off, which is another great practical effect.
0: Yeah, it looks really, really brutal and very realistic. And um, yeah, it was really cool. And obviously, that's another Indian gone. We've had one shot outside the door by Arthur, Yeah, know, Mr. Odua, so...
1: Again, another one down. <laughs> yeah, so Dwyer's, like, managed to get his way in. He shot down this big fucker. Um, and then it cuts back to the sheriff, and he is absolutely butchering this this cannibal's head off, um, <laughs> with the hip flash still hanging out of his belly.
0: Oh, that's so bad.
1: It must be still hot and burning him, but he's just, he's more... More into he's more concentrating on the fact that I want to smash this guy's skull in. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's you get such a sense of, yeah, take that, you fucker, don't you?
0: Yeah, like I say, he, he knows he's not going to make it. And in fact, he, he this way he says, doesn't he? He's, I'm not going to make it. Um, and Mrs. O'Dewitt says, Thanks, you know, thanks for doing what you've done. Um, and it's quite a nice line actually, where um, he says, um, to Chicory. Um, say goodbye to my wife and I'll say goodbye to yours because she died already no um, no it's, so, better than, yeah. it's
1: better than that it's a better line than that he says <laughs> go for he, it. he says say goodbye to my wife I'll say hello to yours
0: that's it yeah I'll say hello to yours yeah and that's it's really good
1: lovely line I, yeah I agree that's that's like really like bittersweet line just, that is
0: yeah and like it's, it's I've never heard that before you know it's just, no. it sounds it's such a good line it's like I don't know it just it's just a very good bit right on for. I like that.
1: Yeah, I liked that as well. It's it just hit me right in the feels, bro. Um <laughs> uh but the uh, the odwires and chicory leave uh, them them uh, him behind. Um and they uh they come across the two pregnant blind and limbless female cannibals which oh my oh. god
0: what the fuck do you know what I mean so they're basically just like the indians have basically just got these women pregnant and just fucking take their sight away take their limbs away so they're just there just then make a baby and then that's it it's so bad
1: talk about patriarchal oppression they're literally is it is there any more anything more oppressive than impregnating a woman blinding her and chopping her limbs off <laughs> i'd say no it's fucking down with the patriarchy
0: <laughs> Mate, it's so brutal, isn't it? These Indians are, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're quite backward. <laughs> and
1: I, I like the fact that, like, a lot of this started because of a uh, disrespectfully walking across a burial ground, um, and then it ends with a lot of dead cannibals, and then them kind of the the three survivors walking across this burial ground again <laughs> with no consequences because they've gone in and 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 kind of come out stronger. Uh, yeah. not stronger but come out the better um and the O'Dwyers kind of then share a kiss and then you hear a uh, three shots of gunfire in the distance and then um well the chicory at this point had picked up a rock hadn't he as a weapon um to defend himself but then uh, once he hears the three shots he realized that must have been two of the leftover guys was it and one for himself i think
0: <clears throat> and I, I love that how he just he puts the rock down. <laughs> yeah, and that's
1: that's the end of the film. Puts the rock down. End of the film.
0: Yeah, Great. very very simple. And as I can say, that was the end of the film. And actually, I, I just said there, very very simple. Like I, I hope it come across that in this podcast that the plot of this film it is a simple movie, isn't it? You Sim- know? There, simple
1: premise, just very cool. well executed. I think.
0: Yeah, it didn't need a lot of. um no razzmatazz any razzmatazz it didn't need it, it was just it was bare bones film uh, you know no pun intended but you mm. know what i mean it, it was really just it was just you know a simple story told you know really well yeah so mate
1: what were what are your final thoughts of this film
0: um my final thoughts was um i, I really liked like the simplicity and and basically like the visual feast which was this movie um a very simple story i thought it was told really well um i liked most of the cast like i said i'm not a big matthew fox fan so you know maybe a couple of minus points for me i just i don't really like watching him to be honest that's you know i'm sure he's got his talents somewhere but for me it doesn't really work um i love how much i love how much you hate (laughs) matthew
1: fox (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know I just basically everything I've seen him in to me he just doesn't set the world alike but um, that was completely outweighed by amazing Kurt Russell Patrick Wilson in this was awesome um, the guy who played Chicory was, was epic um, what, what I liked in this film is because there wasn't many like characters um, you, you felt like you got to know all of them like quite well they all had a lot of screen time and with this film there was no jumping around in time there's no montage there's no twists really it just plays out as a simple as a simple uh, uh revenge rescue mission do you know what i mean and what i liked i like the fact that you don't have to think about this movie it just is what it is and it looks so beautiful um so i really liked it and i would give this film a seven out of ten
1: nice okay uh well similarly right as i mentioned at the start um I, before i watched this i watched uh, green inferno and although i really enjoyed that film and i'd recommend watching it there was a bit of treating uh, certain cultures as as savages so in green inferno it's like uh, south american tribes in this it's indians now there is a half-arsed attempt to say these aren't just indians these are troglodyte savages that you know even us indians look down on them but uh, so i think they do a little bit better than they do in Green Inferno Um, but that stuck in my head a little bit but 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 as the film went on uh, that kind of faded away um, realizing these guys are just an extreme cave dwelling tribe that you know just they're an exception so I don't think that that kind of holds weight. Um, As you say I think it's a very simple premise well executed the plot is is really tight there's hardly any fat in the script at all even these kind of small conversational pieces that go on kind of add something to the story later uh, whether it be character or plot I personally think there's not a bum note when it comes to the actors the kind of vanilla performance by Matthew Fox kind of works for his character he's just a broody kind of uh vain guy and that probably uh i don't know matthew fox the actor particularly well i have or anything i have seen him in is lost i think maybe one or two other films um but i didn't hate his performance i thought it was fine um i really 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 enjoyed this film more than i thought i would um i'm gonna give it an eight and a half out of ten.
0: Ah, oh, high score high score so my seven plus your eight and a half so it's sort of around the eight mark the high seven so good score for this film
1: i'm not actually sure i haven't looked up what the reviews are like on this actually so i'm not actually sure how that fares um should we got should i go on rotten tomatoes
0: and have a look i will be amazed if this isn't a high scoring film because i think we said it earlier in the podcast but this is like a film lovers film like the the shots and the way it's filmed and the 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 atmosphere and the tension it just do you know what I mean? It's got a lot for a film lover to really like this movie. And I think so, yeah. It should be it should be bigger, I think, than it is. I don't even remember this coming out of the cinema, mate. I literally just don't even remember it. I just read about it, you know, in a magazine one day or something. It just popped up. I don't remember it having any fanfare at all.
1: I do remember it, and I remember at the time thinking, oh, I'll i be interested in that, but it's not something that drove, drove me to go to the cinema back in 2015. Um, mm. So... Okay, so 91% fresh uh, when it comes to critics, uh, but only 73% when it comes to audience score, uh, which I think is quite low. Mm. So, um, what two rats are watching this and not enjoying it? Um, But I just really. Do you know
0: one thing I think might hurt it? Sorry, I was just going to say is I think some people might not like the length of it because it is quite. Because there's only four characters and there's not a lot going on to make to stretch that to two hour fifteen is quite long. Even mm. though I enjoyed it, do you know what I mean? I think some people might maybe like less films less might go oh fuck that this a bit long. Yeah, um, but that's just little four. Sorry Dan, you were going to say me. No, also. no,
1: yeah, it, you're right. And I think some people are put off by westerns um, or maybe western fans were some like spaghetti western fans were then put off by the cannibalism so you might get a crossover of people like western fans expecting a proper western and then getting this horror film basically uh, or horror film fans coming in and getting that western expecting not enjoying that i don't know but for me i i think it was i think it was great
0: i mm. uh, also um mentioning the genres there i love it when genres get like shoved together and you know this is the result i think i just think it's so cool setting a horror movie you know in a in a in a in a cowboy western time, it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, but don't do cowboys and aliens.
0: <laughs> no, stay clear of that. It's been <laughs> done, it didn't work, but that'll do.
1: <laughs> so, mate, I've got a little um game for you.
0: I'm interested. What we've got today then, Dan, what's happening?
1: Well, I've developed a bit of a man crush on the old uh, Kurt Russell, as you might have heard over the last couple of uh couple of episodes. <laughs>
0: Probably like it's been you've been fostering it for a long time but it's really coming out last few weeks but he's
1: not returning my dms he's not getting back to me (laughs) i don't know what's going on so in order to keep talking about him for a while i've created a little game uh and it's called kurt's cronies (laughs) i love it
0: Kurt's cronies.
1: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out some actors who were co-stars of Kurt Russell's in a particular film. So yeah. for example, I might say this film, uh so the clues I'd give you would be like Richard Jenkins
0: uh, and i was and, and, and Matthew Fox and I would go <laughs> yeah. Bones on the <laughs> walk. Don't want
1: to know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha. So yeah. I've got to guess the movie from the people that are playing around
1: him. Yeah. Like it. So if I was being re- re- really organized, right, I'm going to give you a maximum of four actors per film, all right? Uh If I was being really organized, I'd give you four points for uh, getting it on the first actor and three points. Let's just make a mental note of it as we go and see how well you do. <laughs> in fact, I Let's am, go, I am going to make a note of how many points. So for four points, the first one, Kurt Russell appears in a film with Chris Pratt.
0: Oh, um, this will be um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes,
1: well done. Four points, (laughs) mate. Well done. I was going to go on. So uh, bearing in mind, these are all the top build ones on IMDb. So it was going to go Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, and then Vin Diesel. So yeah, that's right. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay, next one. Samuel L. Jackson for four points. This
0: one will be... Um what's it called? This will be the hateful eight.
1: Yes, mate. Another four points. Bosh, in the bag. This
0: I'll tell you what, this has got legs to be like a new game show. Like, it's a bit like pointless. Like, do you know what I mean? Where you get one maybe it is a show already, but yeah, it's such a good concept. You get one uh clue, and then the, the more clues you take, the less points you get. I exactly. think that's really good- Concept. i like this
1: it's good so that's uh, someone hopefully someone picks this up i've got i've got the uh, rights to it um uh, (laughs) we we're you know the names negotiable doesn't have to be kurt's cronies it can be anything
0: dan's cronies (laughs) (laughs) i like we should play this game again like one week if i'm if we're doing a movie and i think oh i don't know what game to do i might just nick this this uh you know concept and do that because i like it do
1: it mate right i think this one first one I'd be surprised if you get it on this one on the first go, but Zoe Bell.
0: Oh, um, I, I, I do know that one. That is a uh, uh, death proof. Yes, mate. Well done. Yeah. She's the stunt woman, uh, <laughs> uh, woman who plays the Yeah. Yes, uh,
1: mate. Four right points. <laughs> You're on a perfect run so far.
0: Oh, It won't last. <laughs> right. This
1: one will challenge you. This one's a bit older. Halle Berry. Oh yeah. That one. Uh, um,
0: yeah. i don't know loads of her uh, films um is it that horror movie set in like a mental asylum no oh do you know what was on about it? Yeah.
1: That, uh the but the one with behind blue eyes on the soundtrack
0: give me another give me number two then we'll go for the second person
1: steven seagal
0: i might need the third and the fourth
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the third is john laguizamo mm, i'm a bell and you probably won't get this then, the the next one is Oliver Platt. I'll give you a few clues. Oh, what film? It's from what 19- film is this then? 1996. Uh, and famously, this is a bit of a clue, famously, uh, Steven Seagal dies pretty early in this film.
0: Oh, I think when you tell me, Dan, I'll
1: be like, oh, yeah, but I can't think what it is. I'm going
0: to have to let it go. Go for it, Dan. What is it? So
1: if you haven't seen it, you probably wouldn't know, but it's uh, Executive Decision, an old 90s classic
0: uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. And that's, that's why I did so bad, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was
0: tempted to choose that one, by the way, but I didn't. Uh, because... I remember you said last week, you said, um, or, or the other week, you said, oh, I was executive decision was something you were going to pick, but it didn't appear on our streaming service or something. Wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, well also, um, I couldn't choose Kurt Russell again, so I couldn't do it this time. Yes, good show. Next one. Please get this one. Sylvester Stallone.
0: Ah, oh, this will be um Tango and Cash. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Love that movie.
1: Number six. This one's tough. Wilford Brimley.
0: Oh, uh, Wilford? No.
1: Keith David. Oh,
0: fuck me. Um,
1: no. Richard Masseur.
0: What was the year of this movie? What was the year?
1: uh good question actually let me just have a look
0: it's just like there's a film in my head and i don't think anyone in this movie i could name them but it was quite a big film and he was definitely the biggest star in it and i think it might be that i'll give you but two I just...
1: i'll give you two guesses tell me that and see if you can get 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 the point without me giving you another clue
0: okay um is it stargate no oh. oh because the reason is I, I i in stargate i like literally know like hardly any of the actors but except for cut russell and i thought oh you know what i mean maybe these act- these three actors you've named or four actors are you know these other. anyway it wasn't that okay do you know what year it was roughly just because that might be it. yeah different.
1: 1982 i know okay
0: i i an early film i know of his um it might be this. Is it big trouble in little China?
1: No, it's not. Oh. It's one I know you've seen because we both saw it last year. We both watched it last year.
0: Both watched it last year. Oh, what is it? Um, how do you know I watched it? Did we you... We spoke about
1: it? We spoke about it.
0: Uh give it to me, Dad. What is it? The thing. Oh fuck's sake. Yes, the thing. <laughs> Oh, what a film that is! That's so good. So, I mate, you've scored
1: movie. four on four films so far and zero on two. So you you don't do things by half.
0: No, I even know it. Or I Don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So next one, Lee Van Cleef. He's a famous. No. He's a famous Western uh, actor, but this is not a Western. Okay,
0: no, I don't ring a bell. What's the next one?
1: Ernest Bourneine.
0: Oh, now that's the name I do know. Um, he had a cameo in The Simpsons, which is quite funny. Um, I know he's like an old actor from sort of back in the day. Um, again, it ain't ringing a bell. What's the the last one, mate?
1: Uh, well, I can give you two more. Donald Pleasance.
0: Okay, uh, he's a guy from Halloween. Um, Correct. And then what was the last? Who's the last actor?
1: Isaac Hayes.
0: Nah, it don't ring a bell, mate.
1: It's Escape from New York.
0: Oh, so I have seen this, but like when I say I've seen it, it was like a long time ago, and I wouldn't remember too much about it. Um, the main thing I know about it is is his basically his name in the film is Snake Pliskin. That's it? correct. Yeah, and and the reason I know that is because um, in the Metal Gear Solid games on PlayStation, which I love. Yeah. Um, one of them calls himself Pliskin, yeah. and like I, I always thought, oh, I wonder why he calls himself Pliskin. Then I looked, I looked into it, and it's because it got loads of like the the person who made Metal Gear Solid loved Escape from New York, so I always think, oh, I should go back and watch that. I should go back and watch that, but I never do. So, so there's also one, um,
1: Solid Snake.
0: Solid oh. Snake, yeah. So like I say, it's a complete ripoff of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Homage. Let's say homage. Uh, just in case so yeah. lawyers are listening. Uh, okay, just three more, mate. Next one, Kim Cattrall.
0: Okay, so she's um, the lady from um, Sex and the City, isn't she? The blonde lady. She is. Um, Her and Kurt Russell. No, give me another one, mate. Give me another one.
1: Dennis Dunn.
0: No, not Dennis Dunn. Another one, if that's okay.
1: James Hong.
0: Is it one I've mentioned already? Yes. Is it Big Trouble?
1: Yes. (laughs) Well I thought it would come up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cheers, mate. So uh, I got that in like three. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, next one. Goldie Hawn. Oh,
0: next one.
1: You know that's his wife, right?
0: I-, I didn't know that. It's his wife. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Kurt Russell and his wife starred in this movie.
1: For me- y- Yes. And um, I don't know if they met on this, but f- they've been together
0: for many, many years. Okay, so he starred in a the movie then with his missus. Like you might have met her on this film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um you'd have to give me a couple of other ones, mate. No, I'm not
1: gonna lie, the others aren't massive massive
0: names. No, it does not ring a bell. Goldie like Goldie Hawn, an actress I know, but I don't see many other films, in fact, probably Let any. Me,
1: I'll try the next one. So Edward Herman. Nah. And Catherine um, Helmond.
0: No, I think you might have to give me this one, mate. It doesn't sound like what I've seen, and maybe I have, but
1: I'll, I'll give you one more. I'm gonna search the cast list so i find someone you know. I don't think you would have seen it to be honest, but um, Mike Haggerty,
0: well, that that name does ring a bell. Mike Haggerty,
1: well, what's Mike Haggerty known for? Let's have a look. He is in.
0: I know that well, name. he's most
1: famous for this film. Uh, he's also in Inspector Gadget, Wayne's World, and So I Murdered, and So Sorry, So I Married an Axe Murderer.
0: I've just looked my Hag- Haggerty up, and may I do know him? That face with the like tash and like.
1: Well, he's in a film called Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. Oh no! Unfortunately,
0: I've never seen it. Um, Overboard
1: i have seen it but it's been a very long time i think uh,
0: is it like a, a like a rom thing? Yeah. on
1: the goldie horn one mate there's one you could have guessed that i know you've seen recently which is um um christmas chronicles
0: Ah, the christmas chronicles yeah so she's in that
1: yeah she she's uh, at the end you know as santa goes home and he and mrs claus is there yeah
0: she's mrs claus yeah love it love it so they've started in a pew together
1: yes exactly <laughs> Right.
0: Okay. It in the family. <laughs> Final
1: one, mate. At the moment, you've got eighteen points.
0: Wow! It sounds really good because of um only having ten <laughs> questions, but obviously, uh, yeah, you know, out of a possible like forty.
1: <laughs> yeah, at the moment, it it's out of po- possible th- thirty six, I think.
0: Yeah. So I need to get this, and then I'll be on twenty two out of forty, which I'll take.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So this one, please get this one, Leonardo DiCaprio
2: oh
0: right let me think let me think right leonardo. Oh, oh, oh oh i do know it this will be once upon a time
1: yes mate once upon a time oh. in hollywood four yeah. points
0: because oh cheers mate. like basically as soon as his name come up i thought i've got to get this like, i love leonardo DiCaprio films and then my mind went black i thought fuck what is it what is it but yeah once upon a time he was the fucking stunt coordinator on eight, and yes. he was brilliant in it um i was brilliant
1: so you got 22 points out of a possible 40 mate
0: i'm not too disappointed with that i basically i got all the ones i think i should have got and the ones i shouldn't have got i i sort of hadn't seen yeah. or I, I didn't know enough about them so um i'm happy there was none that but i
1: bar one all the points you scored were four
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it so like you said it was all, all nothing you all know nothing. i would definitely do it binary, binary. well played mate. I, think, I
1: think you did amazing good job
0: Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, no, that was quality. Well, I got a little game for you, mate. Um, it's it's a simple little game, and what the where the uh where I went with this game was that you know, we we're talking about the director earlier and how it was his debut movie, um, it was um his uh de- directorial debut, he wrote it, blah 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 blah. Yeah, what I thought I would do is I um thought I would list some films and all I wanted you to do is to tell me. I'll give you the film. I'll give you the director, and you just got to say whether you think it was their their first film or not. Oh, okay. Um. So I I deliberately went with like an early film from all of these directors, and some of them are their debuts, and some of them are not their debuts. But it's like it would nearly be their debut. It'd be like their second film, or maybe their third. You know. So. It's deliberately sort of difficult, so we'll see how you get on, mate. I'm sure you do well. Some you might know, some you might not, etc. So, the first one, mate, is the film is "This Is Spinal Tap." The director is Rob Reiner. Um, do you think that was his directorial
2: debut?
1: Hmm. He's been around for a while,
0: good old Rob Reiner. Who hmm. uh, he comes up a lot in our podcast, doesn't he?
2: he? Does Rob.
1: <laughs> misery <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know. He, I feel like he's been around longer than that, but I don't know. If that, I'm trying to think what year. And we're talking about movie debut rather than.
0: Yeah. So yeah. some of these people did things like a television show or whatever, but this is their first sort of like uh, feature film um, uh, movie, um, or it might be their second or third. But they're all early.
1: I feel like he was uh, he was around longer than that, so I'm going to say it's not his first film.
0: It is his first film really wow it's, i know what a strange choice for your first movie but hey ho um yeah rob Ryan's first movie this is spinal tab so the second one um is the evil dead um director is sam raimi do you think that was his debut or or not his debut uh I th-
1: well i think the first one effectively was was made on pennies. Now, I know he made little films beforehand, but I think that was his first feature film.
0: You'd be spot on. It was his debut. Well done.
1: Yeah. And then when he got a bit more money, he made Evil Dead 2, which is basically a remake of the first one. Yeah.
0: Just with like laughs in it. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's such a good idea to go back and just make something like the same, but like funny. Yeah. <laughs> um The next one then. Is Train Spotting and um, the director Danny Boyle? Do you think that was his first movie? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I, I wrote down actually what his first movie was. I think um, I know. Did you have any idea? Go for it, Dan. Before oh, I say it,
1: what was it called? It had. I think it also had Ewan McGregor in it. It's Something to do with grave.
0: Yes, that's the second word. <laughs> something you might call a grave, like it's like uh, something grave.
1: Uh, sh- not shattered grave, something like that. Anyway, no, go and you're, tell
0: me. You're very, very close. It's an S-H. Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave, for fuck's sake. That yeah. was his debut. Yeah. But man, you, were, you were literally as close as anything. So, well done. Absolutely right. Um, I think Spotting was his second movie, but yeah. not his first. Um, next one, then, is Oliver Stone, uh, Platoon.
1: Ooh. That is early Ol- Oliver Stone. Mm. Pl-
0: and it is tricky as well, because he was uh, like a Vietnam vet, wasn't he? So- yeah.
1: he also did things like JFK was that before or after I think that was after I'm going to say that was his, his debut feature
0: it wasn't ah. it was um, his debut was a, a, a little known movie called Seizure ah. um, and this was like his second or third movie so it was very early in his career You're absolutely early right, doors. It, it wasn't quite early doors um, the next one then is uh, the original Mad Max and the uh, director is George Miller <laughs>
1: George Miller, who's done about three films in 40 years.
0: (laughs) But his last in what a movie. Yeah, what (laughs) a movie.
1: Um, I think that was his first film.
0: It was his first film. Well done. That was his debut. Um, The next one, then, um, is a film... We've both seen numerous times. So it's Jaws and director is Steven Spielberg. Do you think that was his first movie or not? Oh
2: this
1: is a tough one. Was it his first movie? It is.
0: It's this right. When I look this up, mate, because obviously I, I, I put all this together by looking them up. Like I thought to myself. I, no, I didn't know the answer to this question, you know what I mean? And well, I'm like, so you
1: looked up the director rather than uh, the actual film.
0: Yeah, and I thought to myself, I thought to myself, hang on, that's mad. Like, I would have thought I would know, you know, for sure, what Steven Spielberg's first movie was. But yeah. you know what, I didn't. Like, which is, I just think, quite surprising because of how big he is. But
1: yeah i'm just trying to think ones that predate it i know it's like literally within years of him but I'm, there's just something in the back of my mind thinking there was one before and that's why he was given jaws or or that's why he was allowed to get the budget on jaws i'm going to say no it wasn't
0: well well don't mate it wasn't his debut um it was like his second or third movie um his debut was again a, a film I don't think is massive. It's the Sugarland, the Sugarland Express. It's called his, his debut.
1: No, I have heard, but, of um, it. I've never seen. But no, it.
0: but yeah, like I said, it doesn't sound like one of his sort of big hitters. But yeah, no. spot on, mate. You did really well. Um, not his debut with Jaws. The next one then is um the Terminator. Do you think that was James Cameron's um first film or or not?
1: No, I don't think it was. Well,
0: absolutely right, well, it wasn't. Um, again, it was really early. Uh, probably a second film, maybe third. His first film was <laughs> Piranha 2 this yes. morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. <laughs>
0: That's amazing, isn't it? Piranha 2 is your first movie. Yeah. I mean, what a career he's had. <laughs> um, the last couple then, mate, have got uh, uh, three more. Um, we've got Citizen Kane, um, and it was directed by Orson Welles. Do you think that was his directorial debut or
1: uh just a note on that that's on bbc iplayer at the moment in case anyone hasn't seen it um i'm going to watch it it says it's on there for a year so uh, if anyone wants to set the time because it's also put up there as one of the best films of all time isn't it and most people haven't seen it so uh it's on bbc iplayer
0: Mm, a good shout i watched it on iplayer about a month ago because it was on that poster yeah and um yeah it's uh it's it's well worth a watch definitely like i say it's it's old but i did not enjoy it you know it's got a lot to like
1: but was it orson welles first film i'm going to say
0: yes you'd be absolutely spot on hey. it was his debut well done mate i mean orson well is a proper big legend in like filmmaking so i'm sure he did loads of other stuff it's actual first movie that he directed was that so nice. really well done um the next movie is a movie um i know you really like um so the film is hereditary and the director is ari aster do you think that was ari aster's directorial debut uh
1: ari aster okay so when i think ari aster i think that Midsummer. um mm. Summer. <laughs> did something come before Hereditary? I feel like there was, but I can't think what. Making a name in the horror industry, Ari Aster is. Um, I'm going to pluck out, no, it wasn't the first film.
0: It was his first film. Ah, oh, fucking hell.
1: What, what a it's, debut. It's, yeah,
0: um, what a film that is. That's a, yeah. a, a sort of shock to the senses. And there's one more, mate. The last one is... Um, mean Streets director Martin Scorsese do you think this was Martin Scorsese's debut or not I think it was it wasn't
1: oh was it not
0: it was he did a movie um which was called That Knocking At My Door
1: <laughs>
2: oh yeah classic
0: um uh, and um that this was again mean streets was like his second or third movie so yeah. i mean with a lot of them mate it was like their first big film you know but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you did very well mate like i say you got most of that good game and, um
1: did you have a name for that game
0: uh, no nah, i did try like i thought to myself um i i thought to myself oh i could maybe do a name with like debut and i couldn't rhyme anything with debut so no, that's tough. It. Oh, well. it was
1: unnamed sweet yeah mate. enjoyed that
0: unnamed. like i say so Nice one, well done, Dan. Um, so, it's time for one more thing, and that is to reveal the next movie we're going to be hitting.
1: Yeah, mate. So, where, where do you think I've gone? What do you think I've done? Where do you think I've what what, uh, what avenue do you think I've explored?
0: <laughs> so, um, looking at the cast, then, um, there's it's not the biggest cast, uh, and I'm just going to plump. And actually, there's two I think you might have gone with. Um, I'm going to I'm going to guess. I'm going to say you went with a David Arquette movie.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I went with, I went with Matthew Fox.
0: You went with Matthew Fox?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, as soon as I said that back, I thought he hasn't gone Matthew Fox. No way. Because his back catalogue is so sparse, it's unreal. Um, <laughs> um okay, next one then our guest. Did you go Patrick Wilson? I didn't know. I'm give you third a third one, I'll guess. Uh, on Sid Haig. Isn't that Sid Haig? No,
1: I was very close to choosing Sid Haig though. I wanted it, I'm wanted i really into my horror at the moment. I'm like lapping up a load of horror and he's been in some greats. Um, so I was tempted, but no, I was, I was drawn away by something else, by something else entirely. Okay. So maybe, so I guess, did you, did you go with someone who wasn't
0: the one of the main
1: characters? I did. Yeah. Um, and I think, This character, she is only in one scene, uh, which is in the saloon, and I think she's the mayor's wife, Mrs. Porter, or at least the mayor's assistant or something. Um, She's just a very handkerchief-holding dame in in, uh, Bright Hope.
0: Oh, I remember that scene. You saw sort of, literally she's with the mayor, and yes. they're sort of like kicking off about something. No, I will say. Um, i I'll just put. I will right, say I Sean didn't. Young is that
2: right?
1: Yeah, I will say I didn't recognise her in the moment, but she's in one of your favourite films of all time, I believe. Oh, I don't know whether right. it is, but I know you you think highly of it. I don't know if it's one of your favourites,
2: but I know. You're...
0: Oh, I tell you what, mate. Right, so a big old movie poster just flashed up. And it is one of my favourite movies. Well, a movie I love, yeah. love watching. Is this where we go going next?
1: I don't know. Let's see.
0: Well, could this movie... And like I said, I only, I only know this because I just pulled our name up but and, and it flashed up. But are we going with Blade Runner?
1: We are indeed.
0: Yes! Fucking... I can't wait to jump back into that sort of like Los Angeles dystopian, um, you know, world. It's going to be fucking amazing. Yes! Bit of sci-fi,
1: it? mate. Bit of sci-fi. Yes. Bit of replicants.
0: yeah bit of fucking noodle stores like down at the fucking city streets with the rain and all the people mate i love this movie
1: our second is it second or third harrison ford movie um we had clear and present uh,
0: danger danger
1: but no yeah i think it's our second
0: Oh, I literally love this film. Um, also, um, no, this is a bit, this is a bit of a joke question, but what version are we watching? Because there's so many different versions now. There's like there's about five different versions, didn't
1: there? Uh, we're just watching the one that's on Now TV. So I think it's just the basic. It's just I don't know. It's not the Redux or the director's cut or whatever. It's just Blade Runner on Now TV. So whatever they give us. <laughs>
0: I hope it has that extra ten seconds on this scene and the extra two minutes on that scene. Now, Jacob, <laughs> May, I'm buzzing. What made you pick Blade Runner then?
1: Because uh, it's great, and I want to talk mm-hmm. about it.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: and it's quite different. I think it's quite different to other films we've seen. Um, yeah. Have we? Have we actually done an all-out balls to the wall sci-fi yet?
0: Uh, I was just literally harking back, mate, in my mind, thinking, have we? I don't. Oh, we did Mars Attacks, but. <sighs> As that's more a comedy,
1: yeah. Really, isn't it? Yeah, well, no, that's not a balls of the wall sci-fi. This is straight. laced yeah. This is, no, yeah, no
0: this no is as sci-fi as you get. Yeah. This is. Um, so half a C class.
1: We've gone to primitive tribes to future replicants in uh, in one File Sweep, mate. That's that's how this that's how this film club works.
0: Yeah, and we're like shifting years from from you know 2015 to sort of uh, 82, I think. Let yeah. me just get it up. Yeah. 82. So we're flying through the years, which I love. You know what I mean? Going back and forth and all over. So mate, that is a great choice. I'm buzzing to watch it. Me too. If I didn't, if I didn't have work tomorrow, mate, I would stick (laughs) it on there because, um, I quite fancy watching it. And do you know what? I might even watch the second one off the back of watching the first one because I've only seen the second one, maybe twice. And I really like the second one too. So it'd be worth watching it again. I've only seen
1: it once when we went to the cinema to see it. So Mm. I might revisit it as well. So maybe we, yeah, if we both do that, it's it's not on any of the streaming services, so we can't tell everybody at home to do that, um, unfortunately. Um, But if if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. uh, Everybody watching it. There was one other film I was tempted with uh, Sean Young in it, um, which is Dune. Have you ever seen Dune?
0: No, but, I want to watch it because I'm excited for the one coming out, well, whenever it comes out. But Me too. Um, yeah, so no, I from from being excited about the new Dune, I was like, "Oh, I should watch the old one just to see yeah. what it's like." Have you seen it?
1: No, I don't think so anyway. Um I may have, but I don't remember it. So um but I didn't choose it. I don't know why, but I just really really fancied a bit of Blade Runner
0: mate we've made a great choice and this is uh, i'm buzzing to get into this because it's gonna be good
1: good stuff mate so everybody at home make sure you watch it ahead of next week because we're gonna be i mean most people who are listening to this would have seen it but if not it's on now tv ready for your viewing pleasure and we will chat about it in minute detail next week
0: absolutely can't wait and um yeah oh it's gonna be really good i'm just thinking about it now I'm thinking because <laughs> i watched Blade Runner in probably you know three or four years so buzzing to give it a watch so no. it's gonna be good mate it's i think
1: the last time i watched it was uh just before we went to see the second yeah i,
0: yeah. I was about to say same thing i think i watched it before so it's probably about three years ago wasn't three, it yeah, so um 2017, yeah. yeah nice yeah so nice one mate well I've enjoyed tonight dan um thanks for that it's been great
1: no worries mate and i'll s- chat to you next week
0: you will indeed take care mate cheers buddy care, bye, bye. bye.